keep making your eyebrow things you were doing right now. There you go. <laughs> if you want to, but if you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, who you are, what you drive, and where you drive it, and we'll get into all your fun stuff. Uh, my name's uh, Alex Ferreira, or Alessandro Fajeda, however what country you're from. Uh, <laughs> I um, drive an orange Mustang, is what I say, because it's basically the most recognizable thing about it. Because I can say yeah. I'm the only orange Mustang drifter in the country. Well, with an S550. I drive uh, Hot Pit Auto Fest and uh, any ride-along event I, I'm welcome to. That's pretty much it. One day I'd like to be an FD, FD but uh, going to have to have some podiums before I worry about that. Yeah, uh, I heard that. FD is always the plan for everybody. Well, not for everybody. For a lot of people. Um, how long have you been in that car? Well, that's... My first, oh, how long have I been drifting in or competing? Yeah, just in the, the S550 chassis. Uh, do you want the full story? <laughs> yeah. So basically, we got time. So yeah, no. Uh, so yeah. basically, I, um, I have L Spec, which is basically a performance shop. And I've been famous for Supras and Skylines and stuff like that. And, Basically, every one of my customers has like over 700 horsepower minimum, and I had a full bolt-on G37. So whenever I met up with them or gone on cruise with them to like show off the L-Spec crew, I guess you could say, like the cars I've built, uh, I'd be Mm -hmm. in the back because I'd be the slowest car. Um, Mm. So I got really angry about that. So I was going to buy a car. My goal was it has to be over 1,000 and has to be dailyable, and also it has to be driftable. So I went out right mid-pandemic and bought a black uh, 2020 Mustang GT brand new off the shelf and immediately mm-hmm. put a Helium twin turbo kit on it and spent like $100,000 in parts, made 1,100 horsepower at that point. And then I was told by the owner of a company, I won't ma- mention who, that you don't need to do an oil pump gear on a turbo car because there's nothing being driven, unlike a supercharger. And about six months into that, the oil pump gear broke and destroyed my engine, and it was mid-pandemic, so there was no parts available. So I was trying to oh, find wow. an engine uh, to replace mine, and I was trying to buy, then I ended up finding out the Ford Performance Illuminator short block was the best solution because it was actually the, pretty much the same price buying the short block as it would be to buy all the forged internals for my damaged engine. And uh, on the website showed a distributor, and it was a place called Hotline Performance. So I called that place and they're like, who is this? How did you get this number? And I was like, it's on the website. I was like, oh, can you give me this engine? Yeah. Who is this? This is Justin Pollock. I'm like, oh, oh, that makes sense. So uh, I went there to go talk to him and we talked for like eight hours, I think. And I already had a 240 project car. You know, you know, the joke, how the joke goes, like, you know, what is it? Every fucking 240 is will be done one day, right? So mine was sitting, yeah, sitting in the background yeah. for years. So you hope. And he told me like, well, I mean, why don't you just drift the S550? And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know how I would go about doing that. And he goes, uh, I just can sell you all that stuff. So Thanks. I, on a whim, went out and bought another Mustang and bought everything JTP has available to sell me. And then I built the car. And originally the car was going to be not even a competition car. It was going to be a 
drift week slash pro-am car like you know like i'll do some competition events but not like oh yeah i'm gonna win just for fun and i did one event and i got egged on because rome was the judge i'll tell the full story rome was the judge and trenton beecham and taka ono and taka ono has known me for a while so he knew i knew how to drift and then rome was like saying to us to him drivers meeting like the only driver even getting close was the orange mustang so they said they said to me you know you should get closer and show everyone so i did it but at the time my orange mustang was bone stock and when i went to go initiate on the bank at this is speedway in willow springs the rear mm. box section of my mustang caught on the wall and then pulled me in and destroyed my whole car and then it went from being a drift week car to a full pro car because i had to cut the whole rear end off i had to Originally, I had JTP's daily kit, which doesn't require a wide body. But now, since my front was destroyed, I bought the wide body Anderson's kit that they make for JTP and snowballed, wow. got worse and worse That's... and worse. And and the whole idea behind buying the S550 isn't that I think it's like the best drift car in the world. I, I don't think that at all. Uh, what I think is it is it a com- it's a competitive car. It's definitely a car that can be competitive. But if you were to ask me what the best drift car, I would not say the S550. But uh, if you can drive it, you can win. The key point being you can drive it. So yeah, been, been doing Drift League. I did like three rounds of Drift League. And then Hot Pit started. They didn't know who the hell I was. And then uh, I begged to get in the Fuel Fest last year. And then my whole idea behind going to Fuel Fest that Hot Pit ran uh, in Erndale was that I would show them that I'm someone who deserves to be in Hot Pit. And yeah. then Rob and Jeff said, and RJ said, yeah, come on in. And the rest is history. But that's, that's basically what it is. But I am not, as we've talked before, I am, I am not like saying the S550 is the best chassis, but I can go into a whole other conversation about what I do think is the best chassis. But yeah, when you, when you were on, like I was talking to Casey, uh, Casey Chavez about it, when you can drive the S550 at its peak, no one will beat you. No one. You're, no one's going to be able to keep up with you. No one's going to be able to duplicate what you can do with an S550. But like you have to drive it within. And you can watch it in JTP style in, and Chelsea style. You notice when they get it, no one, like, can you look at any car that looks that cool, right? No one looks that cool. But when it's yeah. so easy for them, you know, screw up. But yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I do they are I'm not I'm a I'm a Chevy guy, like born, but the Mustang is arguably my favorite car in the F D field. I could care the other ones I could I don't care too much for. I actually don't even like drift cars, so I like old hot rods. It just I know. I like I love drifting, so you but you can't really drift like a sixty six Chevelle, so <laughs> at least competitively you can't. No, I'm 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 in the exact opposite. Believe it or not, I uh, I've never been in American cars. I've never, oh really? Ever never been in American. You just tumbled into the S550 because on a whim because of JTP. Literally, yeah. I mean, it was wow. mostly it was mostly because of the engine. It's because I knew it mm-hmm. could make a thousand horsepower for my daily to screw over all my customers who have Supras that I, I built for them. Mm, okay. But uh, and then yeah, just JTP convinced me that it would be a better drift car than a 240. Uh, as oh, let me, uh, I should be specific on that. Not better as a drift car, better to make a career out of it. 
That's what his exact. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it was. That's fair. He did not tell me that it is the best drift car. What he said, it is the best drift car right now for a career because it's a brand new car. And also Nissan doesn't give a shit about drifting at all. They haven't for years. Yeah. And then also if it was Toyota, why the hell would they sponsor me? They have Osbo and Ryan Turk. So it's like. That is fair. And then all they have now is RTR. So I kind of have like a, you know, that sliver. I know, it's surprised he didn't stay. Even though, like, he didn't want to leave Falcon or he wanted to stay loyal to Falcon, but it's, I get it. That's it's it. That's it. That's the full stack. Actually, I know the exact story, and, and yeah. I can summarize I it in he is Falcon, yeah. ride or die. No no matter. That's fair. I, I don't agree. I respect the loyalty. I don't agree, but. I respect the loyalty. Yeah. I don't. Would I do it? No. No, I'd be lying if I said I did. I would. No, I. I Look at. I mean, you watch FD, right? So you see oh. guys jump ship every year on tires, and then something will go bad or whatever happens, and then they jump back to whatever tire they were on. Like I've seen what I want to say, Gucci's done it, where he'll be on Falcon for a year, and then go. Back, he went back to like Nexon or something like that, or was it Achilles? I can't remember. Well, I, I even the so crazy Inori. I, I don't know how this happens. I guess it's because I talk too much, but. I know the story behind all of that, why the tire dropping. And I also know what by the pro guys is considered the best tire. And it's Nitto and Falcon are the two best tires. Were the best two best tires. GT radio yeah. third. And then Nexon is, I don't want that. Okay. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to say those are the top three and I'll, I will leave the rest yeah. of it out. Now that federal. Yeah. Now that federal well, Achilles is gone, unfortunately, but yeah, that was the best. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the best tire, but that, what, you, what tire are you running right now? Uh, so Valino for hot pit. Um, but I think I'm going to transition next year to hundred percent Vitor. I've heard like a lot of great things about Vitor. Look, I don't. I haven't heard a negative thing yet. There, there's a mixed bag on, like, not for me, but there's a mixed bag on a lot of the other drivers I've spoken to. Like, I, I won't mm-hmm. speak for them, but I will say I've had, you know, the one thing I will tell you, Valino lasts longer than any tire. There's no tire that lasts as long as Valino. And really, yeah, Good no, know. there's no tire. Okay. Period. No tire. If we're talking, and I've done, I was actually a lot of testing, and there's a video I still need to release, and it's just one of those things where I'm not, I'm always too busy to actually finish it up. But I've actually done a video with all the pro tires on my black car, which has 1300 horsepower, so we can, it's actually a fair comparison. And mm-hmm. the Vitor is actually really good. But what I will tell you, what I was going to say is, Valino is, if there's a reason why it's not an FD, it's not legal. It would mean, it would, if if Kevin Wells let Valino in as a competitor tire, I was told by somebody, I can't say who, but it basically would be a guaranteed whoever has Valino wins. That's how superior their tire is to everyone's. Really? Yeah, because here's the thing. We got to understand Valino is the drift tire. Nitto and Falcon okay. and GT Radio are a sports car tire they've made for drifting. Valino is only market is drifting. Mm, so their tire is that, that's why if you go to drift masters and you look at their driving, I mean, mm. even we have long, long conversations with Rome about it. Look at the small, tiny courses they have and how fast they're going. I mean, they're going on courses that are a size of ABS 
but going like 80 miles an hour where you would normally go 60. And it's most of the teams are running Volino, but no, Volino is the longest lasting and highest grip tire on average. But yeah, for, they're just really expensive, and there's no way in hell anyone in America is ever going to get sponsored. Well, let me correct myself. There's no way in hell I will ever get sponsored by Bellino. Um Would you say that the uh, price per lap, the dollar per lap, um, is worth yep. the uh, high price? Mm-hmm. So let's just say how much power are you making in weight and how many laps are you getting out of a tire? I mean, obviously, it depends, about a, depends on a layout. I will tell you, it actually all depends on heat. It, it actually all depends on heat, like heat management yep. and stuff. It's all heat. That makes sense. It's okay. all heat because uh, we could have a long course as long as you're only doing one lap at a time. Like AVS, believe it or not, is the worst for tire wear for me of anywhere because I don't know if anyone else does it, but I'll drift the whole course from beginning to end, um, and I'll drift it at max angle. Um, and yeah, I'll go through th- three hot laps, and my tires are done. So. Yeah, I don't ever hot lap that place. Yeah, no, it's not good. But uh, like, um, yeah, a perfect example. Uh, Fuel Fest this year at Erndale. Uh, I was doing doing that massive train. I think you saw, and I got twenty four laps on one set of Linos, and at the end of those twenty laps, I still had forty percent tread left. Damn, that's not bad. And that's because we had every uh, lap. We did one lap. Wait for a passenger to get fitted in. Wait in line to get led in the track. So you're waiting 10 minutes between each lap. Yeah, at minimum. Yeah. And that's if, like, no one spun out and, you know. Well, luckily, that's why I really like Hot Pit Man, and I know you do too, is, like, there's very few drivers that are allowed with Hot Pit that are bad. So that's what I will say. Every event those guys run, man, there's the driving skill. That's why I said I got to up my game to keep up with it because, holy crap, man. The way it's going right yeah, now, they, next year, FD will probably be a step below hop at this point. Yeah, it's uh, the pro spec, at least, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's no, it, it's already proven. It's I mean, it's already proven. I mean, a pro spec driver, unless you're the champion, you're not really going to be consistent. Now, and it says a lot, like, I wonder what Dustin would do in pro spec. Oh, yeah. He, he's such a good chase driver. He's good at everything. He's, and also, the best uh, thing is, if you ask me, the best... I'm not saying he's a terrible leader or anything, but I just... I. His watching him chase, no one else chases like him there. Yeah. Like he's on your door as soon as, you know, you guys enter the big bank on, you know, uh, the first outer zone. Yeah. And, and this is the biggest thing that I, I mean, I know what it is. I, I already understand what it's, it's, I think it's for Josh and Dustin at least. And I guess Ben, now you could say too, is uh, it's, it's car setup is what's allowed them. Obviously they're all amazing drivers. That's not what I mean. But I mean, if you if you delete the fact that they're all amazing drivers, the things that they have over like another driver, I could say who's just as good as a driver, but maybe his car is not quite there. I won't say who, but I think it's the car setup because I feel like that's what gives Dustin an advantage and able to even though he's making less power than like Josh and the rest of them, he's able to door him because of the car setup is just perfect. I think the same with John Schaefer. Well, he's, he's figuring his car out. He's figuring his car it's out. It's been so. wrecked. He just put the rear wise, the new rear wise fab on. So, hopefully, see better things for him. I mean, you he overheard the conversation. Let's hope. Let's hope next year. Let's hope. Uh, he thought about. I think he that car is always for sale if somebody is willing to buy it. <laughs> I think any drift like, car, build, dude. Any yeah. drift car is for sale for the right price. Every time you see, like, do you are you on the drift car build? The, yeah, the drift car, drift cars for sale on Facebook. 
Yeah, but I never check it. I never check it. I always see it. It always comes up in my feed, and then you see like someone's like, "Hey, looking for a comp, comp ready drift car," and then you see John, "Come get it, please buy it." <laughs> that car has been through some hell, man. Yeah, it. He. Uh, you you seen the Urbandale wreck he had? No, I didn't. I heard about. Oh no, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, and then it like I think if I remember correctly, the floor buckled too on the. Uh, on the passenger side. That's crazy. So, I yeah, mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, it kind of wrinkled a little bit. They got it straight. Um, but just if I, that's just let you know how hard that hit was. Yeah. I mean, it's, I will tell you this, this is one thing I will say about the S550, the infamous accident that was with me. Uh, when mm-hmm. I tried to get the, uh, chassis pulled straight, uh, yeah. the guy Lalo, he just does Odie's cars and rooms cars. He goes, mm-hmm. I've pulled, thousands of drift cars before i have never had a bigger harder time than i did with your car it actually he actually spent three days he said non-stop trying to pull it straight the frame is so rigid apparently he said the frame rails like an e like an e36 right it's just basically a frame a thick metal that's been rounded right right mm-hmm. with the s550 chassis it's like five of those so it's oh, a wow. beam over a beam over a beam over a beam so oh okay i see i can i see what you're saying yeah that's kind of so i will say if i ever do get fd the good news is i have an i already have i think you overheard that i already have another car so this is going to be my hot pick car forever so if i got you if i ever am allowed an fd it'll be a different car i'll use because yeah i i don't once that accident's been happening you know you know this is my mentality right this is why i would say schaefer should get a new car i have a mentality right once a car's been wrecked pretty bad you can get it drivable again, but what ends up happening, in my opinion, and this is why right now I could say, honestly, I think I've evolved as a driver. Well, my spotter has said that anyways, is that if you have any problem with the car or even if you don't, but there's that hint in the back of your head saying that, oh, you know, if only it was this, if only it was that, it makes you feel depressed and it makes you feel like you did not give it your all. That's why I feel like someone like Schaefer should have a really nice car and someone like Dustin should have a nice car. And that's why Josh, I feel like of anyone in that group can probably go away and say he gave everything. And then if he didn't, it's, it's the driver because he did build that brand new car. So he's got a perfect car. And when you don't have yeah. a perfect car, there's always that doubt. Like you can always, if you lose, did you lose because you're a bad driver or did you lose because the car gave up on you? Yeah, and that's what I hear a lot from a lot of drivers when they lose. It's like, no, it was this, it was that. Well, a lot like someone like Josh, I imagine I haven't heard him lose, but if he does, I'll hear, I won't hear him like, oh, well, it's because my car was fine. No, no, it's like his car is built almost perfect, if you ask me. Yeah, he's been like that since he built his first comp car, which was the other Mustang. Um, yeah, he always did really well in comp. I never believe it or not. I, I was. Uh, I. I. I don't think I was. I was. I wasn't not paying attention to anything drifting because I did not have a drift car. It's one of those things. Did you see that meme? I don't know if you saw it or maybe you posted it. Some guy was like, "What's it like? What's it like watching a drift event when you're not competing?" And it's a guy in the stands oh, yeah. of NFL with the fucking things. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, yeah. bro. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it's like. It's like I don't. I don't like watching drifting when I don't have a drift car. And then that's why I. Dude, I sometimes don't even want to go to fucking Formula D sometimes. Because <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, it's just like, especially if you, your car's broken. Like, that was the worst thing. I didn't go to Erndale last year because I think last year I had a broken car or something. 
And the last thing I want someone to recognize me and be like, yo, where's the car, bro? Where's the car? And you know, that old joke where, oh, it's broken in my you know backyard. I'll fix it's it broken. one day, bro. Yeah. Every time someone sees me, they're like, well, how's the new car coming? I was like, I still haven't gotten delivery of it. <laughs> it's still at Big Duck Club. I'll let you know when I get it. <laughs> um, what is the plan with the uh, the new S550? Is that like a complete ground up build? Or are mm-hmm. you going to be like pulling parts? No, 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 it's it's a complete. It's a brand new car, so it's 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 probably getting an S. It's probably going to be an S650 because I don't know if you know this, but they're the same. They're they're on, the only change is the facelift. So it's just a facelift car. Is it really a facelift mm-hmm. only? Mm-hmm. For some reason, I I could have sworn that it was different, or I thought it was different, and I thought that that's what. Um, RTR did. I thought they just facelifted their S550s. That's what they did. I know this because I know pretty much everyone on the RTR team. And they basically said they hit, they put, dude, when they were doing the transition, okay, I, okay, I can't say that because they'll get in trouble. But, anyways, I just, I know for a fact the current car they're using is just an S550. With, with, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Um, with the facelift. But, but I thought the new 650 was like different suspension and stuff like that. Nope. But what it isn't, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't like the 370Z and the 350Z kind of have similar suspension? Similar, but it's updated. The 370 is very much so updated. And so is the 400Z. The 400Z is updated as well. Updated. Okay, so, okay. The, so what Nissan I did. used his shit. Hmm? Mm-hmm. I know Chris, like Forsberg, used the same shit he already had for the new car, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, but, but that's only because no one has made a – well, at that time, no one had made the updated kit. But, yeah, no, so the the 400Z has updated camber arms. It's a true coilover over – because the all 370 and 350 were a divorce setup. Um, so, in the rear, right? Yeah, but the 400 is a true coilover in the rear. Um. There's a few, but yeah, no, those cars are updated. The S550 and the S650 are, for all purposes, the same thing in every way, except for interior, uh, a different intake manifold, and a tune. And they lock the ECU, so no one's able to tune it yet. Um, and then the brakes are different. And then, yeah, it has electronic parking brakes instead of a mechanical parking brake. So it's mostly just updates, but... My biggest pet peeve with Ford is, at least with Nissan, they do make updates that make sense and, like, you know, like improve the performance of the vehicle to a very small degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like Ford did anything but, like, bolt-ons. That's all I really think they did. But, I mean, the project was probably getting canceled anyway, so that's I, I'm, I'm happy they still have the car, put it that way. But, anyways, going yeah. back to your original question, yeah, no, so I'm probably going to make that an S650 just so I have a a new car, but gotcha. that car is sitting at one of my team members' house in the East Coast. So I, um, mm. I planned ahead. So I have the whole, the whole FD, like when it comes to money and plans and all that, I have it. I just need the driving skill. <laughs> so gotcha, so gotcha. But that car is going to fit no, until uh, Kevin gives me the okay. And that could be one year, two years, three years. Oh, okay. Are yeah. you petitioning in? If you don't win a license, no, I, I can't. I can't petition. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I can't petition because basically I haven't podiumed. 
there's there's no reason. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. So I mean, it's it's uh, unless I can podium somewhere, like like okay, this Arizona round, right? Let's if I win that, I'll, I'll immediately petition instantly because uh, okay. I have a bunch of drivers who will back me up, but I'm not going to send anything in until. I have results because right now I have zero results. It's like, yeah, I could tell you, oh, I can afford it. Oh, I, I can get the sponsors. Oh, I have the car. I have the team. But I, then I'll show up and I just won't even qualify. And it's like people will be asking, like, why the hell is this guy in? <laughs> so yeah, I don't want that. I want to show if I show up to prospect, I want to be I want everyone to be like, OK, watch out for this guy. If people are like, I do not want to be in a situation where the worst thing that I ever, what I don't like, because I heard it going along when I went to Atlanta and ran for uh, uh, Chris Leonard, is I heard a lot of like, stay away from this guy, stay away from that guy. Oh, don't get too close to that guy. That guy doesn't want to drive. You know, that's, if, if I have any goal, it's I do not want to be the guy other teams behind my back are going, yo, yo, just yeah. stay away from him, dude. He'll He'll wreck your shit, bro. Stay away. So until yeah. I get that name where people are like, oh, yeah, watch out for Alex, I am not even going to talk to Kevin about it. So That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, yeah, shit. Speaking of protesting, I got – did you stay for the banquet after yeah. Hophead? On? Yeah. Okay. I got really drunk. Okay, yeah. I, I probably got more drunk than you. I – we won't get into that. <laughs> but uh, I started talking to Shelly, uh, Rudy's wife, and then um, I was like, you should petition. But I was fucked up, so I was like – I was like, you should fucking petition. I was like, you kicked his ass. Why can't you petition in? Um, and I was like, you beat, you can beat most of the people here or some. I don't remember like verbatim what I said, but I was just being a dumbass and telling someone to petition in, like some drunk asshole. She she would have a better time of doing it, especially since she already has a car built by someone who's won prospect. Basically. Oh yeah 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 so, yeah but yeah. She'd have a better chance. I just don't have um, – I'm too new. Essentially, like I know I've been drifting since like 03, but I've only been on anyone's radar for the past two years. So, Oh, yeah. To according, fucking TikTok blew up. Yeah, but I don't think anyone in Formula D knows about that. I don't think anybody fucking – no drifters really are following the TikTok trend, it seems. Nah, I always laugh because everyone's like, oh, yeah, I don't install it on my phone because it's going to – Chinese are going to track me, but then I always tell everyone, it's like, well, you have Instagram. You know, Zuckerberg sells all your information to everybody. He already sold it to him. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. just yeah. because it's China doesn't change what Facebook does with your shit. I don't think China cares what I'm doing. Yeah, they certainly don't care what I'm doing. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Shelly would definitely do well. I mean, this is what I'll tell you for sure, and we have a confirmation now, especially from uh, Josh uh, Stuart is uh, I had an idea because I was talking to some Texas guys about it is I had a theory that West Coast driving has gotten I would argue I'll fight you on this like fight anyone who's willing to fight this I feel like West Coast is probably the most competitive driving drivers in the country right now and it's all you know you know to be to be completely frank and I don't mean to like tote my horn but I think it's up it because we're able to drive with pro drivers like I know so many Texas drivers who have never driven with any pro drivers ever. And then East coast, you have pro drivers, but hardly any of them ever show up unless it's like a 10 K or 50 K event. Well, mm. everyone on well, the West coast, who we're competes. a little bit more densely populated here too, though. So we probably have 
Like most of the guys from around here. Oh no, Florida. Florida's a fucking center house. Of oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Florida. Isn't that where fucking uh, Hobson's from, or where he resides? Rather, I he told Florida me the boy. story. I, I don't. Now I know he lives in Atlanta right now. He lives in Atlanta right now. I know that. I think he's from Florida. Maybe I don't remember the story. I don't something like that. Yeah, but yeah. I know he lives I, right now in Atlanta. Now. But Chelsea lives in Florida. Rad Dan lives in Florida. Um, all the other S five fifty drifters live in Florida. So there's like a group of like fifty of them who are in Florida. So if I dro- drifted an S five fifty in Florida, I would be like everyone else. Uh, I don't know there why that is, but um, and yeah, Elliot, and me are the only two that compete. But yeah. Oh, Elliot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've had him on this shit show too. Um, what? What are your plans for next year with uh, Hot Pit being over? Do you plan on doing any like uh, pro am shootouts or anything like actual FD shootouts? Like I think there's one. Actually, there's one this month in October up at Evergreen Speedway. Do you know what it is? Uh, I think I posted it. I think I want to say it's the weekend. Not. I want to say it's like two weeks. Not this coming weekend. Not the following, but the one after that. So the weekend of the fifteenth. The thirteenth weekend of the thirteenth. Maybe 13th. it depends on how much money I make. I'm going to Fuel Fest Vegas, so it depends on how much money I make there. So I made yeah. I made a lot of money at Erndale. So oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Depends on that. Um, but yeah, if I can get a lot of money, because yeah, the trip. I don't even care about competing or the tires because I have spare tires because my car has been broken for so damn long. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, the driving up there, especially with gas prices. To go to mm-hmm. Washington and back is probably going to cost me like two thousand bucks, just in driving. Yeah, dude, gas is so fucking ridiculous yeah. right now. I mean, I don't pay for gas, so I'm not going to bitch. But I saw it the other day; did not look good. Uh, hang on, just to confirm, the date is the fourteenth and the fifteenth, um, and they are doing two separate events. So it's two shootouts. It's not going to be double elimination. It is going to just going to be a top 32. Yeah. I mean, I'll go up. I mean, it's uh it'll a lot be a lot easier than hop pit. <laughs> so, I mean, but that that's a, I think there's going to be a lot less drivers too. Yeah, well not only that and, and that too. I don't see here's what I'll tell you. I got told by now three people there are 70 people waiting to get in prospect. Um prospect? Yeah. There, um, there's only five waiting to get in pro, and they're pretty much saying yes. It's whether or not they can afford it. So that's mm-hmm. what I know so that far. But I don't know if that seven zero number is correct, but it sounds right. But so yeah, but seventy doesn't mean seventy can afford it. No, well, here's my thing, right? Um, if I go up to the Washington and not many amazing drivers are doing it. And I get it and I win like overall, I still don't think they're going to let me in. I think they'd be like, that doesn't prove anything. Uh, That's true. I think they're like doing one license per 16, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, unless like, yeah, I mean, there's no way because you can't have other like licensed drivers. Like in my, in my opinion, what my idea was originally for next year was to win one of the rounds of Hot Pit and use that as a petition to go into FD. 
because if I won hot pit, it means I beat what, how many prospect drivers and how many pro drivers. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So, I mean, I think at that point, Kevin, cause Kevin watches hot pit and Andy as well. So I think they'd be very easy to say, well, if Alex can win there, he can for sure win here. Um, yeah. And at this point, yeah. So anyways, going back to your original question, my, my idea right now is, yeah, if I can afford it, I'll do it with the license just so I have it. Um, but my plan for next year is I don't think I'm going to get on a prospect. I mean, if I do great, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to do hot pit next year for sure. And then depending on budget and money, I might build the other car and then start following fuel fest across the country and grid life. And then just sort of have my other team. Cause he's a, he's a truck driver. Just having, having mm-hmm. him take the car to all these events. And then I just fly out, drive it and then come home. And then he drives it back to his place. Mm-hmm. So, cause it's profitable. It's 100% profitable. And if I build the Mustang, like I, like I want to, I don't think the 2J ideals. I know I was talking about putting a 2J in it, but I don't, I don't think that's, it'll be interesting, but I don't think it'll work. Um, but yeah, I want to do twin turbo coyote. And I think at least nice. having a twin turbo coyote with like a thousand horsepower. No one has one, huh? No one, no one has, has one. one that, that not, 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 not drifting, competing or yeah. drifting at least. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. I already have the kit actually. So is there, is there plenty of space in there for you, okay. for you to be able to do that? Well, not like in factory radiator? trim, not in factory trim. No, no, that makes sense. But I would assume you have to move everything to the back. Well, it's just the body uh, harness. So the bot in the S550 on the right hand uh, passenger side front, where one of my turbos mm-hmm. is going to go, that's where mm-hmm. not only the ECU is, but also the main body fuse box. And it's like that. Got big. it. Got it. So okay, that makes sense. Yeah, once I already have all the wiring ready to go, so once that's all wired up and the standalone's in the car, there's going to be nothing in the engine bay. So mm-hmm. I'll be able to put the two turbos there, and the wastegate's going to come straight out. Now. What I may do for the orange car you know about, I think, I forgot who told me, but he had a good point. Because you can't exit exhaust out the front for FD rules, but I don't want to run that car in FD. So I'm thinking I might just run both the exhaust and the wastegate straight out the hood. Out the hood, yeah. Um, uh, on the Coyote, is does kind of like an LS, does the uh, do the turbos make it quiet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but not, not, not too quiet. Any mufflers. Cause it, it's the thing is my car has so much back pressure. I need pretty massive turbos. I think the turbos I have in the black one are 64 millimeters. So twin sure. 64. And the other thing too, what people always say, go supercharged, don't go turbocharged is, uh, we have a really small crank snout on the coyote. So, which is why they break, which is why my black one isn't working right now. That's, that's a long story. I don't want to go into, but let's just say my black one broke because of installation error on my part. Um, the, the, the problem with having a turbocharger is turbo lag, right? So that's why a lot of guys will run nitrous to bring the turbo back into the power band with Mm -hmm. my black car and excuse me, with my black car, uh, on low boost, which is six and a half pounds, that's 820 horsepower to the wheels. And that is full boost at 3000 exactly. And that's with a muffled exhaust. So that's with a restricted exhaust. Restri- a restrictive. Yeah, and, okay. and then at max power, which is 15 pounds, which I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even need at FD level at pro level. I wouldn't even need that much power. Um, that I have full 15 pounds of boost by 36, hundred RPM. That's no, not terrible. My car revs out to eight. So I have a power band of 
what four, five, six, seven, I have four thousand RPM of power band. That's pretty good. And also, my torque good. curve is a straight line. I, it doesn't nice. die off, so I have torque the whole way through. Because that's that's, oh, okay. that's the thing, right? It's not horsepower; it's torque. Depending where you're at, I guess. No, yeah. it's torque. I think Kyle has cemented that, and Mad Mike have cemented it's oh, it's torque. That's fair. Yeah, they they don't have that. They make tons of horsepower, like half the torque. Really? Yeah. He only makes like 500, 600 torque? No, not even that. I think it's like 480, 490, Holy I think. Holy shit. Yeah. And it's not a straight line. It's like... And it fall. I imagine it falls off once it gets to the, yeah. uh, to the top end. No, because uh, when you're revving he, it to, what, eight, nine grand, if not more. I think his current car is only going to eight. I think I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. But yeah, no, I mean, you, if you watch a driving style, like if you watch, like, it's so weird. The more competitive I've gotten with it, the more it's easy for me to actually spot things when in the pro level. And, um, you watch Kyle's like whenever he doesn't get through, like you could say it's his driving style, but I'm, I've been looking at it closer and closer. I don't actually think it's his drive. I think he can actually podium. I think he just, doesn't have a platform for it and i think it's the same i had a long argument with jeff about it like uh jeff could easily be one of the top three in the country no problem i think it's, yeah. his car is holding you back by a lot the, the z Which is not is not horsepower or? everything the, the z is not a competitive pl- platform in my in my opinion because forsberg has nissan money uh-huh and it's not winning it's it it was the most um, competitive chassis until James came, and I, I'm saying this from a results standpoint. As in, no nothing had more championships uh, in it than a Z before James came, and then took it over with the three two forty ones. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. Then there was dies. Yeah, and his, and outside of that, Wait, I can't think of any. Dies don't die had enough for us. Dice Championship was in an S13. Oh, S13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I disagree with you on that one. I mean, but then again, it's... it's uh... no, no, so I talked to someone about this. So if you actually... if I could be misremembering, but all of Chris Forsberg's wins were with a V8. And that was when he was the only one with a big budget. Because he even attested to the horsepower wars. The original horsepower wars were started by Chris. So Chris was the first one to make over 600. He was the very mm. first. And then Daigo made 1,100. And then Daigo, I think, was the end of Chris, I think. I think once Daigo said the, the limit was 1,000 horsepower and Achilles could actually put that 1,000 horsepower to the ground, I believe, and I could be wrong, I think that was the end of Chris Forsberg's domination. So once he stopped being the highest horsepower car in the field, and even at that time, you got to remember RTR wasn't what it was back then when Chris Forsberg was winning all the time. And it yeah, was, I don't even think it was RTR yet. Chris, Far- Chris Forsberg was a bigger team competitive wise than any of the other teams. Falcon was like a conglomerate. Falcon, you know, because that's what that's when you know uh, JTP and Vaughn and all of them and uh, what's his name, um, the Irish guy, were all on the same team with Falcon. And uh, James Dean, 
And then no, the other guy. What was the other guy? Oh, God. Dil, uh, Darren. McNamara. McNamara. Darren there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so I, I don't agree with that at all. I think it was – and also, that was also the chassis that had the um, voodoo arms, because now he runs powered by Max. Oh, that's a good point. So it's, it's a lot of like theory crafting you can go, and then, however, it go. You know, I had an argument with another person about this. Like, uh, my opinion is it's eighty percent driver and twenty percent car, um, mm. because James Dean is kind of what cements my belief on that. Because James Dean is the driver. And look at how horrible he's doing compared to what normally James Dean does. Uh, I mean, it's to be fair, he's in a brand new car. No, no, what I'm saying is, he got okay. No, 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 no. The RX-7 has he drifted an RX-7 competitively before? Uh, doesn't he? No, now he does. But immediately, as soon as he got in it, he was already doing well. No, but I think if I'm not mistaken, he showed up in an RX-7 to FD and like. Did he? First came. I could be wrong. I, yeah, I this is sure. this was before my time into drifting, so I don't know. But I do remember. I think I do remember hearing something like that. It was a uh, it was an FD with an SR20 in it. That could be right. That could be right. But yeah, he, I think he showed up. That's the first time he showed up to FD, and he was in the Falcon livery, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because actually, believe it or not, this conversation is actually very fresh in my mind because I've been actually doing research because uh, I kind of my end game with L Spec was always to manufacture cars. It wasn't actually to fix cars. It was to manufacture cars and make cars like Shelby. Um, Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I want to end up doing, and it's probably going to happen in the next five years, is I want to start selling a car, a new car. Because um, I've already designed some things for it, and I've already have a platform for it and everything. But it's finding the direction I want to go in that makes feasible. Because um, I don't think... With the way COVID's going, well, not COVID, with uh, with the way the economy is going, is uh, I don't think I'm ever going to make my own like brand new car. But what I think I could do is a kit car. And what I wanted to do was make a kit car where you buy like an old piece of shit car with an engine, like like say a Corvette, right? Let's go buy a C5 Corvette. Then you buy my kit car, and my kit car is basically a brand new 2024 or 2025 mm-hmm. in this aspect, would that has all the best arms possible. All the best transmission, the best diff, best everything. Still a daily driver, so I'm not going to be whining or any of that stuff, but strong, beefy things that we sell you, and you just put your own engine and emissions components inside of my chat. Gotcha. So, but that's why this, this idea about what's a good car and what's a best car, and, and looking at how cars react and looking at, you know, I've been playing with the suspension and inside the, the programs and everything and looking at what they actually do. And my, I've, I was going down the whole anti-squat thing and seeing if anti-squat was really a way to go. And I'm starting to realize anti-squat is only part of the game, which is this whole argument where, like, what car is better? An E36, E46, an E90, 240SX, 370Z, and S550 chassis. And what I've, and or, like, the, the, the new Supra. Um, what I've come up with, and, oh, and then the Corvette, too. What I've come up with in my theory right now from what I've seen with comparing how – because what I've been doing is looking at drivers who drove one way for many years, then got into a new chassis, and then seeing how they drove in like their first event. And what I can tell you from what I've seen so far, it looks like the best drift chassis is actually the Corvette because that is the one drift chassis I've compared with a lot of pro-am guys and pro guys where I've seen them compete um, before and after. 
going in a different chassis and going to that. Now, the easiest to meld to an amazing driver, though, is a 240. Nothing is easier to drive than a 240. Drift, I should say. So mm. if I were to give you and me a list of cars that you've never driven before, your answer should always be, I'm going to choose the 240, S14 in particular, to drive, or an S15. Because it's the one car, if it's set up correctly, will allow you to be a driver. While a lot of the other chassis will not allow you to be a driver if it's not set up exactly right. Um, but the Corvette, though, even without it being set up in bone stock suspension, still has enough neutral balance and grip to door everyone with equal angle, even in stock form. You could, I've seen drivers with an angle kit only, nothing else, no other mod, be able to door prospect cars. That's what uh, Evan Bogovich did in 2020. He had a Corvette? Yeah, he had a silver Corvette. That's how he and I met, actually. He had a a vet at the time. And then um, he sold it to do pro spec Um. or pro two, whatever it was when he started. Um, Yeah, it was a little... When he was doing that, he was dooring people, and then I was like, ask him what's on the car. He's like, chop knuckles. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, the rear was like all stock, and he had some uh, coilovers. It's pretty, pretty neat little car. And then, uh, but he swore up and down. It was like the shit. He was, the only reason he changed chassis is because he needed the money to go uh, to prospect. Because yeah. for people that don't know, uh, these so called like, junior drivers that are driving under these pro one guys that's not a free ride like they're not inviting you to just go drive for free no you have to pay for that yeah i've uh i've learned a lot talking to people yeah i've also learned some people are not very good people too (laughs) and that that's what blows my mind dude. yeah Yeah. i'll never say anything negative about anybody like unless i fucking hate them on the podcast or publicly but I have heard some horror stories. Yeah, I mean about it, your favorite driver, <laughs> not yours in particular, but just whoever's listening. It might be their favorite driver. I'm like, oh, I heard he's a fucking dirtbag. Yeah, it, it's that's yeah, that's the biggest I mean? thing that shocked me. And then also, yeah, like the reaction to certain. Like when I went to Atlanta, Atlanta was the best thing I could have ever gone to. I'm really happy I got to go do that because it mm-hmm. made me realize what it's like to be at FD. And it literally, for a lot of guys, not, not for me now, but for a lot of mm-hmm. guys, it's this culture shock, right? You show up to FD and you've had this whole idea of what FD is and you show up and it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like boot camp. I think Atlanta is almost like boot camp. It really felt like it because I got the full boot camp exposure, like the, you know, what are you doing? Like yelling at us, like treating us like garbage and, you know, like, like, cause our driver made a mistake and threw some rocks at someone it's a long it story. And then they came over and said, I know you guys don't give a crap about everyone else. And we're just going like, what happened? And why are you angry at us? We don't know what you, we did wrong. And Was it Andy? What? Oh, no. Was it, it, was, uh, it was, believe it or not, Kevin. I did not expect to get yelled at by Kevin. Kevin didn't seem like oh, wow. okay. Yeah, I did not see. I didn't know Kevin was a person who would yell. I, I, no, he doesn't give me that vibe, like to raise yeah. his voice at somebody. That's funny. Yeah, no. It's, and, um, yeah, no, that was that was a shot. But anyways, no, it, it made me realize like, yeah, it's it's that's why I said I do not after experiencing Atlanta, I, I don't I really do not want to go to Prospect unless everyone is afraid of me in in a good way, as in like they're afraid I'm gonna beat them. 
not hit them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to go as a threat, not yeah, so someone who's just like crossing their fingers and hoping they're gonna fucking do something. Ben, ben had a good Ben had a good point. Uh, I actually Ben's men, I think actually I, I'm actually attested to Ben. What Ben said to me on the last round of Hop It, not this one, but the one before when I first met him in person, no, second time I met him in person, is I asked him, like, uh, so you're going to pro next year after you win pro spec? And he goes, only if I get first. Just like with Pro-Am, I, I did not go to pro spec because I won two, he goes, I won two or three events before, second and third, but I never got first. And I did not go until I won first overall. And, um, ah, okay. I respect that. Cause at this point, think about it, right? There's nobody in pro who's going to think Ben is not a, a threat. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody in pro. Well, if he joins pro next year, if you're a moron, you'll think Ben Hobson is not a threat to you. You're a, you're yeah, an idiot. So that's why, so that's my mentality right now. Yeah. If I, if I don't, if I don't have that, like, yeah, no, but yeah. So, but yeah, going back to the whole chassis thing, like, like, Best neutral chassis, 240SX. Uh, best competitive chassis, I think, is any Corvette. Well, C5 and up. And not the C8. I guess C5, C6, C7, I guess I should say. Um, and then the could-be-like-game-changer is any of the BMW chassis. But I, in my opinion, from what I've seen, they could be your worst nightmare. Depending on the chassis, uh, the E90, from my understanding... And the new, what is it, the One Series? They yeah. share the same suspension in the rear. And apparently that is kind of a bitch to But even right. E46, like figuring out the correct settings for the E46 and E36, it's still like a long, you can't, okay. If I have, I've never competitively drifted in a BMW. I've done it in a 240 and I've done it in a Z and I've done it in a, that's it. I'm just a Z and a, and a 240. But I've never competitive in anything BMW, right? The amount of time and experience I will need to adapt my driving and understanding of how to set up a BMW correctly, it's so huge. While a 240 and a Corvette, it really, because of how simplistic both of their suspension setups are, you don't need to know a lot to get that chassis competitive. That's that's what a lot of people argue about the E36 and E46 because like the, the way the trailing arm is. Have you ever worked on one or done anything with them. Do a lot of them, yeah. And I have one in the shop yeah, right now. So, yeah, so you know, it's just that one trailing arm and then outside of the upper control arm, the only thing you have are they going to be the rear lower control arms that adjust your camber. Correct, but because of the anti-squat that's inherent, the anti-squat that's inherent in that car, dealing with the, the anti-squat and manipulating the anti-squat, and I can actually give you a perfect example. Uh, there are two E46s. Wait, is there... Is there more than two E46s in a hot pit? There's several. There's several? No, E46? There's Casey's. There's Casey's. Oh, that's right. You're my bad. Yeah, yeah, Casey. That's right. Uh, that's the only person I can think of right now. Oh, Casey. There's Margaritas. Uh, Margaritas. Uh, who else is in one? And then uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Rykov. That's, Mar- that's um, what's his name? Old's car. But anyways, oh the Russian dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what I've noticed, and you can actually notice really quickly with all the E46s, if you look at them in tandem battle with a car with a lot of side bite, like my car, is you notice their cars surge forward. So the one mm-hmm. thing all E46s have in common, and E36, not as much as the E46, but pretty close, is when you're behind somebody, 
who's online. So let's say the guy in the front's on perfect line. Your car constantly wants to surge forward, not sideways, but forward. And I have yet mm -hmm. to see. And then the only way, the only car I've seen that is not like that is Andy's. And I was told by someone that it's because it's set up wrong, but I don't think that's the case. But the Andy's is the only one that doesn't look like it's constantly surging forward. Even, even what's his name? The, the, the link, um, Chelsea's buddy. Um, I mean, if it's set up so wrong, then maybe he shouldn't have won third. <laughs> what? Uh, Andy, I'm saying, if they're saying his car's set up wrong, if it's wrong, then... Oh, second, you know. he got second. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I, he got second. I thought he was in third. No, okay. second. Uh, Rudy got third. Um, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, no, no, no. So that that's 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 another thing that like, you're fighting, right? Like everyone I've, I've talked to who has an E46, to a degree, they're kind of fighting the car. And, and again, I'm not saying I'm not in mine because... I am. I'm fighting my car a lot, uh, but that's why I said I don't think my car is a super. Well, the 240 went because I learned how to drift in a 240. And one thing I can guarantee you with 100% certainty, every 240 I've ever drifted, whether it be competitive or non-competitive, has just driven. Whatever I it wanted it to do, it would fucking do it. Even if it was, dude, perfect example. My old 240 I sold. I bought it off some guy who really didn't understand how to build a car. And it was slammed like the, the actual, this is how low it was. I drove it home from his place and the, those chassis rails were hitting the little highlight things on the 405, you know, the little markers on the road, the chassis was hitting the reflectors. Yeah. The reflectors. Yeah. That's how low yeah. it was. And oh, wow. all of the arms were like, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. We're like Godspeed <laughs> and it had an SR 20 with 200 horsepower and uh the godspeed coilovers yeah it had godspeed everything it had used Fuck, coilovers no no no, it had used coilovers and yeah i raised the car up i fixed one of the yeah. arms that wasn't bolted in all the way and i didn't even do an alignment and i went out to a car park and immediately drifted the car no problem zero oh, okay. issues um you know so i mean that that's why i think the 240 is the most neutral i've yet to personally drift a corvette but i've raced a corvette before i've just never drifted one but even just just driving one i feel like it would be pretty self-explanatory i mean the, i already told you the main thing that that hurts the s550 is the numb steering not being able to have input on the steering is what kills it for i think anyone i would in my opinion what 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 is the steering setup on that thing it's electronic steering but okay. um i'm not entirely sure why it has no self steer it has close to no self steer um, uh is it from the electronic or is it caster i think it's from the electronic rack it's got to be because uh, i've experimented with all sorts of caster settings like i've experimented with i've gone fuck it i'll tell you I'll tell you that I, it's because it's a long thing about this big argument among the community like like so the the, the right now the answer is seven and a half caster. That seven and a half caster is perfect for an S550. Um, if you go up, I've tried to go as high as 10 caster. What ends up mm -hmm. happening, and you can actually pull up some old footage, practice footage of me, like with Dylan Hughes in Rome. I was on a practice day with them, and I had initiate, and the car would almost want to do a backy. And I wasn't trying to do a backy. I, would, I was on the, what is it, Walt James? And I went to go initiate, and as I initiate, the car just went backy, and Rome's like telling me, it's like, why are you trying to do a backy, dude? You're trying to practice for, for Drift League, right? Why are you doing a backy? And it's just like, I'm not trying to. And then you go the other way, you go down to six, and then the car gets even more numb. So I don't think caster fixes anything. 
Um, my my assumption is something inside the rack is stopping the transfer of power to the steering wheel. That's my theory. Have you considered going to like an aftermarket setup? Like going with a traditional um, rack and pinion setup? The only reason obviously you're going to have to fit it in there. It's not going to no, be no, no. Like- so that's what uh, that's what uh, RTR does. Um, uh, the RTR runs an S197 rack. I would assume that the uh, JTP does something similar. Nope, a JTP. I I have JTP's car essentially. My car is his car, bar the power. He was running the electric. Mm-hmm. How's he get it? So well, yours is pretty snappy too. No, no, no. So you can see it, and so that's so. Here's what I'll come down to. This is what the truth of the matter is, and I know he'll fight me on this. Um, if you can drive it, you can drive it, but I will actually, uh, I've seen all of JTP's driving because I had to analyze it to figure out how to drive my kit. Um, the biggest problem with the hydraulic, a non-hydraulic setup that we, that have in the car is that if you don't give it perfect inputs and you know where your steering wheel is supposed to be in the drift, that's every time JTP's lost, unless it was like a grip thing. Like the only, there's only two ways JTB has ever lost in competition because he's not. You cannot look at me in the face and say he isn't one of the best drivers in the world. He is. Oh, he's fucking great. He's fucking one of the yeah. greatest. Drivers I, have you seen where he sits? So, what do you mean? Have you seen where he sits in his car? Like he looks like he's up. There's yeah, yeah, a few yeah. videos of him. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Like his chin's and also he's also one of the best car builders in the entire series. His, his, oh, I don't disagree with that. His fabrication skills are out of this world. Um, oh, my buddy worked for him. Uh, he is fucking particular. Yeah, he's anal when it comes to yeah. If he very. doesn't, if you don't listen to him, he will never talk to you again. Yeah, that's uh, that's the vibe. But gives. but then even when I do listen to him, he doesn't. I'm not going to go there. But uh, I listen to everything he says, so I, I don't really disagree with him. Um, but um, yeah, so I've analyzed his driving, and every time he's lost, it's either been a tire grip thing where like he physically can't make as much grip as the Nitto tire, like Atlanta last year. He lost against Osbo. And he won in my eyes, but Osvo gapped it because he literally yeah. could not keep up with him. And mm. it's solely because of, you know, 315 versus a 295. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like when he lost to Rome at New Jersey, he was really angry about that. But I, if you watch it, it's literally because of the same problem I have with my car where I go to, I go to do something behind it. And then he makes an adjustment, but he doesn't know exactly where the wheel is. So he's trying mm-hmm. to figure out where the wheel is. And then he straightens mm-hmm. behind Rome. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, you can't argue and say, because he was saying that it's, it's, he got the one, it's bullshit. But the thing is, everyone knows Rome up till now. Now Rome's car is faster. But uh, up till then, Rome was one of the slowest cars because he had Federal. And I will dog Federal to the fucking ground, man. Those are the worst tires in the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he says that, yeah, it was Rome was made a mistake and that's what caused him. But yeah, no, every mistake he's made has been because of the steering input and having a hydraulic rack does actually help with the self steer, but no one has figured out a hydraulic rack for the S550 that doesn't have problems mm-hmm. because if you watch any of the behind the scenes videos of Vaughn, James, or, or Chelsea or Adam LZ, you'll notice RTR has steering problems every lap not not event i said lap they're at st louis in the burnout pit that's that's another problem with those so another thing i'll tell you the s550 inner tie rods 
are that they're huge. They're the same size as a normal control arm. That's the factory oh, wow. inner tie rods. The S190 okay. is smaller than a 240SX. Oh, shit. An inner tie rod. So, like, Adam LZ was doing his burnout with steering the wheel. It bent one of the steering arms in the burnout box. I'm surprised I haven't made something a little bit stiffer. It's or larger. Which is the adapters. whole thing with the strange geometry and everything like that. So no one's figured out a, uh, uh, that they they're now currently uh, experimenting with. Uh, I do a lot of research on RTR, and I think Vaughn knows that because Vaughn gives me really dirty looks whenever I'm near his tent. So I think Vaughn knows me and Chris Leonard have been like spying on their shit. Um, I don't yeah. know why he doesn't just share the information. Does he really think me and Chris are just going to start destroying RTR? So I don't I don't understand that mentality. Um, I would not feel threatened by me or Chris Leonard, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, they're, they're using twin Volvo pumps on the S197 rack and, uh, it helps because you can see he does have self steer. Chelsea does have self steer, but yeah, they constantly have problems. Like, uh, uh, perfect example. Um, the, uh, at St. Louis, Chelsea crashed into, uh, Chris Forsberg for that exact reason. He lost power steering. Mm. And then... I think just at Utah, I think he lost power strain again. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah, there's so uh, many, so many problems. I was going to ask you, I had a couple. Oh, uh, you're talking about traveling earlier. I wanted to ask you about that wreck in Texas. Hmm. So the reason why I don't talk about it is because uh-huh. people have people have gone down certain routes of thought, and my whole idea of never talking about it was, you know, you could say if you were in the car, you would have did something else different. But everybody says, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day. You could uh, now at this point, if you for you for not not you, but anyone to tell me at this point that I would have did this different, yeah, JTP could have told me I would have did something different, yeah, because he has way more seat time in an S five fifty, yeah, I agree that. But anyone else, right? Anyone else who isn't JTP or like Rome or some super super high end driver who's been drifting for longer than I have, right? For you to tell me even like, oh yeah, you know, if I would have did this, I would have did that. But I can tell you what I can tell you exactly. The, the line of events that happened. So my only goal to go to that event, I don't know anyone in Texas besides Chris Leonard. That's the only guy I know. I don't know anyone else. Everyone else to me are just strangers. And yeah. you know that, oh, don't handle with strangers. Uh, if you actually watch me drive forever, like any find any footage of me, you'll know I get really nervous around people I don't know. And if I don't know you, you'll know too. I'll be like, you watch the oh, video footage of me driving from Matt. Dude, I was like two car lengths behind him. So, but you see me behind Rome, I'm like a few millimeters away from him, right? Because I drive with Rome all the time and I know exactly what he's going to do. And I do not yeah. want to be the asshole if it's Matt Fields' car, right? But anyways, so what I'm trying to say is if you look at me historically, I don't tando with randos, right? I don't do that. So I went only – the whole goal for me going to Fuel Fest Texas was to actually drive with Chris Leonard and get some good seat time and to actually give him some seat time. And we were going to swap cars halfway through the event too. He was going to drive mine and I was going to drive his. And I would oh, okay. give him input on how his car drives so he could be ready for Atlanta. Because this is right before and Atlanta. That's rude. Who's Chris Leonard? Just to quit. The, the guy in Prospect, the Mustang in Prospect. 
Okay, that, I knew the name sounded familiar. I just wasn't sure. Okay, yeah. So he's the same car as mine, same suspension as mine. He's all JTP, just like me. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but he has an S197 rack. Um, so, so yeah, that was the plan. So I went up there. So he's the. They were starting to line up. So Chris pulls out, and I was like, okay, fuck it, I'll pull out too. So I follow him. We do a, a lap with him and his buddy. So he's following his other buddy. His other buddy has an S552. But he told me, oh, yeah, this guy, he's a really good driver. And sure, so that fucking guy is a really good driver. So uh-huh. we, do, we do the course, and I realized my first – now, here's the key point. Listen to my key point here. It, we're doing the reverse FD layout, the last FD Texas Speedway layout, right? So it's the one where you go in the corner, flick around, and then there's a straightaway. So you have to floor the fuck out of it and then transition into a banked corner, okay? Okay. So keep this in mind. I did one lap with Chris, behind Chris. And Uh what I realized is that straight away, you need a lot of speed to be able to drift it because I kind of bitched it because it was my first lap out, right? So I kind of bitched it. So I had to manji. Not manji. I came out of drift, straightened a little bit. Then I went back into the corner, left foot braked and drifted. I was like, okay, I got the course. I understand the course. So my next lap, I'm, I now I know I have to go really fast. So I have to go in, flick it, and then I have to flick back and just fucking floor the shit out of it and go as mm-hmm. fast as possible so I can link the whole course. But I was very confident after one lap, like, oh, dude, I can link this course easy, easy to link course, right? So I'm sitting there in the line. I don't know what's going on. I just see Chris Leonard doing this. I'm behind Chris Leonard. Remember, I only came there to drive with him. That's the only person I came. So I see him doing yeah, the number. Yeah. I see him doing this, right? I, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I'm just like doing, I literally stick my hand out going like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. And I see him leave. And then I see him leave, slow down. And then I see him leave faster. So I was like, uh, okay. Because remember I told you we followed another guy and I noticed he was a really badass driver. So now there's another guy in front of us. Mm-hmm. I'm behind Chris. So what do you, what's it going through my head? What do you think's going through my head? What did I just tell you is going through my head? I want to link this whole course. I now know you flick it in and then you floor the fuck out of it. Okay. Yeah. So I flick it in. I almost do a backy. And in fact, I did such a good entry. Johnny, my, my, my crew, my, my, one of my crew uh, mechanics, he, he even said, dude, that felt, that feels like JTP's car. So it's like, we go do a backy almost. We floor it. I transition. I see smoke, so there's smoke in my eye line, and then now I see Chris's car, and I see this other 240, and it looks like they tap. And then all of a sudden, I see Chris go backwards. And then all of a sudden, I see that car is not – my brain goes, okay, Chris is you know, going off track because he fucked up, whatever. And then I look at it, and then I realize that car is basically coming to a stop now. Oh, shit. Oh, so okay. he's – so so – I've had that mistake where where I feel like oh shit moment. I've been in a train with an oh shit moment back in the I used to do just drift really if you want to go really back in the day my 240 and I've been in multiple oh shit moments in massive trains. Nine car trains do not bother me. That's why I was the one of the guys at Fuel Fest Erndale going like everyone everyone because I know if shit's gonna go wild, I know bail. Just get out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way of everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. and as quickly as humanly possible, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually never been in an accident in a train before that. Gotcha. Okay. So anyways, I see that. And then now here's the thing that caused the accident to begin with. I was flooring it. And then I realized he was slowing it. I lifted 
And my brain pulled the e-brake, but what I did not realize is I floored the, the foot brake too. And I did not, even at the time, I did not even know I was hitting the foot brake. My brain only told me, pull the e-brake, do a fucking backy. Like, so drift backwards so you can get away from him, right? But my yeah. reaction was to stomp on the foot brake. So what happened was I locked the front and the car just, because if you actually listen, watch my video, it's like yeah, it. four seconds of uh, boom. And it, yeah. and at the time, I swear to God, I didn't. And this is what I could tell you. You could tell me right now. Well, I wouldn't have locked the foot brakes. You're right. No, no, no. I'm not saying anything. No, no, no. But I mean, you I could say there. that. Because that was my mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My only mistake that I made, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise, was that I locked my fronts up. That's 100% my fault. And that you could argue that caused the accident, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You could argue, and my part in, I should say, my part in the accident was that I locked the fronts and I hit it, right? Yeah, but everybody's going to fuck up sometimes. No, here's the thing, right? I you that day, but you didn't, it's not like you started. I didn't want to be in that group. So I, the other thing too is I told Chris I only wanted to drive with him. That was my instructions yeah. before he we went on the track. This is our second lap out. I did mm-hmm. not expect there to even be in a car in front of Chris. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind. I did not know. And any, and, and the other thing that, that guy, I'm going to tell you right now, you, this, will, this can go online. He lied. The, the guy who I hit, he lied. He straight up lied. Because if you watch okay. my video, if you watch my video, it proves everything he's saying is a lie. Because he says the, spot, the guy at the line told us to stop. And if you think that's true, watch my video. The guy, the, oh, the the line guy, the guy in the line who's guiding everyone is just sitting, standing there. And if you think I'm lying, you can watch my video. It shows the guy just staring at us as we're driving by. Not, gi- not giving like no instructions to go. Zero stay. instructions okay. to us. Zero. Gotcha. So if he says that that guy was stopping us. That's what he, his mm. story says. So again. Someone who doesn't know any of these drivers. And then now here's the last bit. This is what I was saying. Remember how I told you in order to drift that course? And and you, you understand why none of the Lone Star Drift guys got involved? There's a reason why. And I've talked to a few. I won't say who, but I've talked to a few people about the whole situation. And the reason why I'm not banned from any Lone Star events. Like, did you hear him say I was banned? Because I'm not. I just, why would you be? No, it's but I won't go back there until my name has been rectified as me winning. But so what essentially happened and, and there's a, there's a group chat that I was a part of that I just left because they just started dogging on me. Cause I was the piece of shit. Um, someone said something, which is a little bit of a hint. If you pull up the footage from fuel fest, Texas is, uh, you're not supposed to manji the straight. Mm-hmm. What do you think the kid was trying to do? Manji the straight right in front of two pro level Mustangs. Gotcha. So, the reason why the accident happened and why he was coming to a stop is he goes enter, goes back, and think about it. If you're going to manji, you're going to want lift, want, and that's why Chris had him to initiate because Chris expected mm. him to be flooring it like we were. Instead, he lifted, right. Chris hit him, I locked up the fronts, and rammed him. Gotcha. So, and then I, I only knew this way after, like two days later when I was watching the footage and yeah, all the guys were manjing who weren't like high level drivers. He wasn't one of the high level drivers. Um, mm. but, uh, 
I mean, it's that's my opinion of the matter. I mean, like I said, I did make a huge catastrophic mistake that I locked up the fronts, and if I didn't lock up fronts, I would have never hit them, never, never in a million years. But I, yeah. and I don't want to get anyone else involved. But I, I was talking to someone, and it also this this event actually realized the difference between someone who's a pro competitor and someone who's not, because uh, I can let you know everyone who competes called me because it was a bad hit, and I thought it was done. I thought that car was gone because the car wasn't starting. So I thought the engine was done, everything was done. So I was like, I can't afford to rebuild this car. So I know I saw your rage quit post, and I was like, don't do that. Yeah. So a lot of people hit me up, and uh, and they were just like, shit happens. And then I was even talking to someone for a long time, and I was mm-hmm. even saying, I don't know what happened. I locked, I pulled the e brake, but the car wouldn't spin. And then someone finally posted the out car footage, and then I see my fronts locked up. That was the first moment I realized I locked up the fronts. That's yeah, but it's a moment of panic, and it's an honest mistake. It's not like you were like, "Fuck this guy, I'm gonna hit him." No, but that's how that's the internet. People that's, like how take, ki- that's how they treat you as. That's yeah. how the kids treat. No one who's an adult. Uh, well, except for one person, I fucking will never talk to again. I got told he's a piece of shit. But anyway, some people are just wild. Yeah, yeah, and but no, I mean, like, like, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, no, like I said, my fault is for sure locking up the fronts because yeah it was nearly four seconds of nothing and then i ram into him and then yeah if i would have never touched the front brakes you know i would have just completely missed him 100 percent missed him like there would have been no damage to either of our cars well chris had already yeah. hit him so he already had damage um gotcha. and then get, to make matters worse um chris i didn't want to talk to the guy because i was pretty angry um but uh chris the moment it happened he ran up to him and said, let's make this right. Let's make this right. The moment it happened. This is when Chris's car is even wrecked, too. So oh, Chris God. runs up to him, let's make this right. Let's make this right. And then Chris gave him his details and everything and all this other thing. Let's make this right. And he went to the internet before he even contacted Chris. Ah, gotcha. And I don't know if he even said this, and you probably don't know this, and a lot of viewers don't know this. Chris bought him a brand new car. Damn. And that post is still up on his, his Instagram. Of like this guy. Talking shit. Uh, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calling both well, Chris and me assholes. And Chris, like, and do you think Chris deserved to buy him a new car? Or even me? Uh, deserved, I would say. Or was obligated to? I don't think so. No, because here's the thing. Here's, in my here's... personal opinion, before you continue, sure. um, is if this is uh, like a contact sport, it is. And if you're going out there now, granted, not everyone is going to think that um, they're going to get plowed into. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's not, but it's not like a fault thing. Like you did it deliberately. If you went out there and you were like, fuck this guy, I'm going to mm-hmm. fuck up both our cars. I get it. But a, uh, an accident's an accident. And especially if you try to make it right with somebody and they're, they're going to be a snob about it. Uh, I'll be the first person to tell you like, cause I'm the same way. Like, Oh, let's, you know, let's take care of it. But if you go out there and you start shitting on me, I'll be like, Oh, you can suck my ass now. Cause I'm not going to do anything. Like I would have helped you. I would have rebuilt it. I would have had your frame pulled, whatever. I can't afford to buy somebody a new car, but I would have did something. Right. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you start shitting on me, we're like, Oh, okay. Well, fuck you and everybody else then. Yeah. No, I mean, that- that's how you want to handle it. That's no, no, no. So I can actually speak. Yeah. So I, I won't even speak from theoretical. I'll speak from actual experience. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a drifter who doesn't drive anymore. I don't even remember his name. 
But remember I told you I used to bail out of, of when I knew I wasn't going to make it. So we were doing a Just mm-hmm. Drift event um, mm-hmm. back in 2010, I think, 2009, 2010 or 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bailed because I knew I, was, I wasn't going to make the corner, the downhill corner in my 240. And this guy – so I went off track on purpose. Like I legitimately pulled the e-brake and said, okay, I'm going to go off track because I know there's seven cars behind me. This guy followed me off the track. There was no, he's a good, he was at the time a better driver than me. So I was like, there was no reason for him to follow me off the track, but he fully followed me off the track and he, his rear end completely swiped my whole front end. And this was a SIL 80. So he obliterated both my Sylvia front ends, my S13 headlights, and they were the, the box ones, not the shitty ones. You know, which ones I'm talking about, the expensive ones that everyone wants. They were they, now I think they go for a grand. Um, destroyed my body kit, destroyed my front suspension and took out my radiator and took out my whole front end. Right. I only, the only thing I asked him is like, do you have any spares I could borrow for the day and I'll pay you for them? That was my only conversation with him. I was angry about the situation, but my only comment, you know what his response was? Like, no, I don't have anything. That's it. He didn't say sorry or nothing. Right. Um, and someone else, uh, let me borrow some control arms, but, um, But that's what I mean. That was my only expectation. Like, hey, do you have something I can borrow? I'll buy off of you. I didn't even say, like, give me a bro. And he didn't even apologize yeah. either. And nor did I ask for one. I didn't say, at least you could apologize to me. And you know my size. I'm not a small guy. So I'm also, no. like, if I wanted to be an asshole, I could be an asshole. But, I mean, that was my experience. It's like, And this is back in the day. And you want to go even further back. I've been rammed by a pro D1NZ driver when I grew up in New Zealand. I've been hit really hard. And I was broke back then. I didn't have any money. You know what my first thought was? Well, I'm on the racetrack. That was my yeah. very first yeah, thought is I'm on the racetrack. Like that's what I get for being on the racetrack. So Yeah, that's how I feel about it. I have that mentality where it's like this you know what the possibilities could happen and not everyone's gonna some people might be like, Hey, let me take care of this and no, 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 and that happened I'm too. Go shit on them. That Jimmy Up event, yeah. uh, I was trying to get, keep with Margaritas because we were cutting lines, and he had that Bosuzoku exhaust like four feet beyond the car. I didn't see it, and I hit it. And he Margaritas started, had that. What? Margaritas had that? No, 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 no. Some some random guy. I hit his exhaust, and I bent it. Oh shit! Oh okay. Um, and uh, he got all conversation with me. He was like, this guy's a piece of shit. Da, 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 da. I was like, hey, dude, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't even know it was there. And I said, hey, I'll, I'll – and he was he still – again, I came over there to make a right, and I bought him a new exhaust. I bought him a new exhaust. And he was still yeah. like confrontational with me, which was the weirdest thing in the world because I immediately, as soon as the event happened, we got off the track. My first thing was to run over to his pit and say – and he would be, I hadn't even known my mouth at this point. He started fucking getting at me like, like being a bitch. And my, as soon as he let me talk, I go, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, I understand. I, I wrecked your expensive exhaust. I'm in a brand new 2020 Mustang. I understand what it is to have an expensive car. So yeah, yeah, let yeah. me make it right. And I bought it for him. End of story. You know, so, so I mean, the thing is, I also agree that when shit happens, that was a mistake by my part. I'll pay for it. But I mean, I just, yeah. it's just so bullshit because that kid with the, the purple 240, the damage accrued to my car, I could probably buy four of his cars. So yeah. what I should be, I should have been an asshole and said, hey, let's split the damage. I'll give you my bill. You give me, I'll give you, give me your bill. We'll split it straight in half. Deal? Yeah. 
So it's just like, anyways, but it's, that's what got me the really angry is that he went, I wasn't going to say anything when the event, the thing happened. And then he decided to go and fucking make it a public post about it. Yeah. It, I hear you. It just shit happens, man. It just, you know, what sucks though. It is the first time I've ever hit anyone in drifting. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never, I've tandem tapped, you know, like this with the wheel rub. Uh-huh. I've never hit anyone ever in my entire career. Like blatantly hit them the way, yeah. No, no, but hit, like hit, 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 hit. like contact. proper contact, like even competitive yeah. proper contact. I've never properly hit someone in a competitive setting. Properly. Yeah. Well, when you do it, you do it right, champ. No, 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 but I'm saying like no. I've never, and then that is the first time. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, the internet's like, oh yeah, this guy doesn't know how to drive. It's my first time ever hitting someone ever in my entire life. In your 15 years of driving, if not more, right? Yeah, since 03. I've been drifting since 03. So, oh, wow, 20 years. Yeah, so that I, was that was this year, right? Yes, or was it, was it 2022? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was this year. year. Okay, that's what I thought. But um, yeah, yeah, no, and then that, and then the KP damn, thing. you drive for 20 years and you hit fucking somebody one time, and all of a sudden you're the world's biggest piece of shit. But that's because funny. it's a, because I was in a Mustang. You know what I think it is? I think it's the Mustang part, and I think it's the part that a lot of people think I'm rich. I, I get that. I get that feeling from some 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 of the pro am guys, not pro am guys, the, some of the kids. I should uh, say. They probably just kind of wish they had what you had. I'm not. No, not no, that's what that. I mean. So they see me with yeah. a brand new car, and they're like, "Well, fuck this guy." Yeah, but they don't. Uh, I think sometimes people don't realize what it takes to make that happen. Dude, I, I. You see me in person. My I work from with my hands. Like every dollar, I don't have rich family. Like there are drifters we know yeah. that have not worked a single day of the life and could do whatever they want. Right? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I come yeah. from a poor family. Every dollar I have was made by my own two hands. Makes two of us. But so they I, don't know I, that. They don't know me. And I've told you this too before. Like how many? How many? I don't know if I told you this. I may have said this at the at the party. There's a lot of people I know of in the scene that regardless of this car accident that don't like me because they think because they've only had like one in- interaction with me and they think, well, fuck that guy. Um, there's mm-hmm. even certain people who are actually now my friend who finally gave me a chance and talked to me more. And they're like, Oh, this guy is just silly. Oh, you're all right. Yeah, I don't, don't think it. the thing is, I think I, my assumption is people think I take myself serious. That's that's what I think a lot of people think when I say stuff like I'm going to beat you. I'm going to be the greatest driver in the world. Like when I make that pro yeah. wrestling video, I think some people legitimately think I think that. And once you know me, you realize I do not take myself serious. In fact, I see myself as a joke and I hope you're laughing with me and not at me because, yeah. yeah, it's just – yeah, that that's how I see it. That, that's, I, I've rubbed – I know for a fact I've rubbed quite a few people the wrong way because I know they they avoid me I, like – the plague uh i think um that's just kind of the scene itself it's always been like that since i've been into it there's people that i've seen we've made constant eye contact at every event i've ever been to just even attending driving whatever that is and we just don't speak like we know who each other are we know of each other we know each other exists but we'll never talk but i'm also not the type of person that wants to be everybody's friend um Oh, me neither. I, I don't try. Yeah, yeah. I don't try to go other people's way. People don't want to talk. Sober to me. me is very introverted. Drunk me that was there Saturday is a social little butterfly. Dude, yeah. I'm glad we didn't talk much when I got that. Like, like, because uh, I don't. I, I haven't drinking in twelve years. Oh, that's, that's. I don't drink. 
So, yeah. Let's just say after you had probably left, I got even more drunk and I made. I was there till 2 30. I was there until we closed. They had kicked us out. Yeah, that's that was me. I, you, everybody was pulling out and I was like asleep in my truck. Oh, yeah. No, we, I was still one of the guys who was, you probably heard in the background yelling and stuff. I, I made yeah, not, not yet angry mess. yelling, like me talking, but talking loudly. Like, uh, but I will say I was there for like two hours trying to sober up. <laughs> I will say uh, I've never met Cameron Moore before, but I hope he remembers me because I, I had a lot of fun with him. <laughs> yeah, he was a good time. Yeah, dude, he, he was, was really guy. fun. Like, like him and Jeff are a really good time. Like, yeah. but Jeff's always Very a good time. Every time I've been with Jeff, he's always a good time. Like, he's he's one of those persons that like I don't like being around drinking a lot. Cause I have a mm-hmm. background with that with family, but he's the one person that I don't care whether he's sober or drunk. He's always a happy person to be around. A good time. Yeah. So actually Jeff was the first person that like, cause he's so normal. Like to me, when I knew when the, when this happened, we went to go get Korean barbecue after FD or window. I don't remember which I might've been 18 or might've been 18 or 19. Um, anyways, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get Korean barbecue with one of my friends. He's like, oh, we want to go. And then Jeff showed up. And I was like, oh. And then he just treats you like fucking normal. I was like, oh, he's a nice person. No, he's. he's... And then he judged for uh, the Drift League, too. Yeah. No, I remember that. That's what that's why I joke about with him is uh, whenever we whenever we hang out, I go. Now we're like buddy, buddy. But it's like, dude, you realize we met like a decade before, but he doesn't remember. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, nice. <laughs> That's funny. I was a hundred pounds lighter then, so he may be. Oh, yeah, I was actually skinny back then, but um, yeah, that's the joke I always say. But I was like, yeah, we've met like a decade prior. You don't remember a single thing. Ta- Taka remembers me. He's the only one that remembers me from like 12, 13 years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, he's the only one. Oh, and Charlie, Charlie, and and Jason Kim. Jason, oh, okay. Jason Wait. Kim remembers me. Um, I know they gave Jason Kim the. Uh... The gatekeeper fucking title, dude. I don't know what the hell's going on, dude. But he's just he maybe he's rusty. I was fully expecting him to just basically destroy all of us. Uh, I think the level of driving has increased as far as skill goes from all the drivers. Um, a lot of these drivers are also on sim now. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. You know, your people are putting. People are able to put 20 years of experience behind the wheel in a year. I mean, that's far-fetched. I'm over-exaggerating. But it is. that's what a lot of people have done. Mm-hmm. And they did so well. I will I, I will say that um, before I got a sim, I don't have one right now. I got rid of it. But before I got a sim, I was terrible. And then I got a sim and I learned how to get that done, but it did transfer over to the point where I wasn't like spinning out every lap anymore. I was able to actually uh, run like a proper line, um, use all the tools necessary, whether it's a handbrake, clutch kick, whatever to get through any course. Um, Does it take me most of the day? Like I'm not warmed up until, you know, the afternoon. Yeah. But it's still, um, it's something that was, that, I don't think I ever would have achieved without using it. And I had a shitty setup too. Like the shittiest setup. I think I had like a G27 setup. 
Yeah, I, I just I haven't had the money. I will tell you, the economy's been really bad right now. Uh, if you're doing performance vehicles, yeah, here you go. Oh, no, I do. Most of my money right now is I used to do performance vehicles. Now I do auto repair, just generic auto repair. Oh, just auto repair. So I have, um, I do fire alarm stuff. Like, so I, my main job, but I take on cars on the side. But those have kind of helped, but those aren't, it's getting to the point where they're not worth the money to work on them anymore. Just so you know, I have turned down. Forty thousand dollars cash just for the labor. I will not do it anymore. I will yes, not do uh, swaps. I will not do project cars. I will do bolt-ons. That's why I always tell people I used to be famous for Supras. Now when they call okay. me, I just say, "I don't care who you go to. Bye." Like there is three Supras I still work on. That's it. And the reason why is they're very rich extremely rich and they don't ask questions. They drop the car off. They say, this is what's wrong with it. And then they call me when it, and I call them when it's done and then they pay. They don't even look at the bill. Yeah. That's, that's the problem I have right now. Like I have, um, I just finished a GTO and I tallied everything up. I've done to it, which is pretty much a ground off build ground up build rather like all the suspension bushings, all that fun stuff. Um, and we took it to the dyno and it slipped the trans slipped. So, but a long story short, this project snowballed from, he found the motor for like 500 bucks. He found an LS2. It was a mystery motor. So he's like, and I owed him something. So I was like, you know, I'll tear the motor down and we'll see what's wrong with it. And, you know, I'll let you know. So we found a whole bunch of stuff and then we rebuilt it. So we were clean there. And then he's like, Hey, I found this GTO. It's missing a motor for like two grand. He's like, "Can you put it together for me?" I was like, oh, "We're talking about the original sure. GTO, right?" Or the current? No, it's a 06. Oh, okay, 06. Yeah. Um, I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." And then, um, then it snowballed into a nitrous car, uh, coilovers, all of the uh, bushings. Um, what else do we do to it? And then not just like a simple nitrous setup. Like this thing has a, uh, a bottle opener. Um, it has a it's a, its own fuel system, like an independent fuel system for the nitrous. It's it's got a pretty big cam in it, so we had to throw in a uh, torque converter and all that stuff. And be mindful, we still had no idea what was going to happen with the transmission. It was still a mystery. So. Uh, I finally got it working. Never worked on a fucking GTO b- before, by the way. So I have, but I had so much time. I only charged him what I thought the time was going to take me. I didn't charge him for all of the research I had to do to get the car together. And that's where I fucked myself. So now I'm waiting for a belt that comes Thursday. And I told that I have to give him the bad news that if he wants me to pull this car back apart to finish it, that I have that his bill is going to be thirty five hundred dollars, and that doesn't include any parts or that rebuild fee from the transmission shop. Let, let me tell you something, and this is why. First off, I, I would tell you project cars for anyone but you for yourself. Never do it. Um, you know what works and makes money, and then where we get confused, you and me, people like you and me, get confused on is you see people like Hennessy and Shelby. Well, they made billions of dollars doing that. Why can't I? Here's the difference. They do a package. 
You can't modify that package. You can't call them and say, by the way, I also want nitrous on top of my twin turbo Viper. Oh, by the way, I also want, like, here's a perfect example. Look at Hennessy money wise. And then look at the guy who's really famous for Vipers. What is his name? The guy who always wins all the Viper. He has the world's fastest Viper. Anyways, there's another shop. Oh, I don't know anything about well, anyways, there's uh-huh. another shop that's got the most powerful Viper on planet Earth, and they also maintain mm-hmm. all of the most powerful Vipers on planet Earth. Okay, mm-hmm. look at how much money he has. Look at how much money Hennessy has. Hennessy has way more money than that guy does. Shelby, before he sold the company, has way more money than any any like famous race shop. There's a reason why Top Secret went out of business. I, by the way. I was trained by one of the guys who ran Top Secret. Um, so he cheese his name. But um, there's a reason why those companies don't aren't around anymore. There's a reason why HKS is pretty much a defunct company at this point. Right? Mm. All these companies are – Blitz is pretty much defunct now. All these companies are defunct because what they did was they say, hey, yeah, we do Skylines. Uh, what do we do to Skylines? We just do Skylines. So bring us a Skyline. We'll build you a Skyline. You know, stuff like that. You know, oh, we do Supras. We do Supras. Rad Dan, he's not balling out of control. Now he can, and he even says in interviews, he transitioned to parts and now he's like, I'm doing very well. And he's like, exactly. And he pretty much doesn't yeah. even build people's cars anymore. That's why I tell everyone parts of the thing. But anyways, going back to where it is, you can make a lot of money. So like Helium, the company I work with um, for my car, um, they make turbo kits. That's mm-hmm. it. They, they don't fucking like – they have a kit that they built. They will build you that kit. If you call them and say, by the way, I need you to modify that, they'll be like, we make this kit. You can buy it from us. Otherwise, go fuck yourself. We have 700 yeah. customer orders already placed. I don't need your money. Fuck you. Yeah. Helion, this time in 10 years, will probably be worth even more money. He's going to make more. Jeff, the owner, is going to make more and more. Or John or Jeff, I forgot. He's perfected what works. But he's, he's doing kits. or So, yeah, if you're building a GTO, if you only do GTOs, right, and you only do nitrous GTOs, you're going to make a lot of money. But if you do what you're doing now and do what I've done for the past 10 years before I finally said fuck it is I know Supras. I know Skylines. So when someone calls me the Skyline and tells me what they want, I guide them. I sort of help them out, and then I do it. But the thing is no one build is the same, Right? Because even like the one that I'm always famous for that everyone always pulls up, because if you know about Supras, if you, if you knew Supras, if you're if you're into Supras, you'll know one single Supra. Everyone on planet Earth knows about this one Supra, and I think I showed you at Hotbit, that the blue Supra is what everyone in the world knows about. So someone will come to my shop, well, we used to before I said fuck it, come to me and say, hey, I want a Supra. I like, I like so-and-so Supra. Can you build me a Supra? But, but. I want the Supra to have this. I want the Supra to have this. So he doesn't want that Supra. He wants his own Supra his own way. So even though I know how to build that one Supra, the only thing I really knew, the only thing at this point that relates to the two cars is that they're both the same car. There's nothing the same. Different exhaust manifold, different cams, different fucking everything. And different point purpose of what the car is supposed to do. One's meant for big power. One's just meant for daily driving. So, yeah. And then you, what you said already, you, you end up like, you end up like thinking to yourself like, oh yeah, well, uh, I got really famous off the other one. Maybe if I do this one, I'll get even more famous. And then you think like, well, I'll just eat this time because I'm learning. 
right? But then you stop, you stop after a couple years of 10 years of doing it like me and you think about it and you think about every car you've ever done is a learning experience. So the actual time, average time you have on every car is 200 hours and you charge them 40 because that's mm-hmm. how long it physically took you to work on the car. You yeah. physically worked on the car for 40 hours, but then how many hours did you find finding that one part you need? And then this is the other thing too, when people price out a, a, a car and actually you saying $3,500 is actually the reason why it's not just you, it's everyone thinks that. And until the entire community of good mechanics and good builders gets together and understands what their time is worth, it'll continue being a point because you know what the conversation I used to have when I first started the L-Spec was people would come to me and say, Hey, I want to do an SR20 stop swap and hold that thought real quick. My, we were talking about that SR20 that, yeah. uh, for L-Spec. So I was, a lot of people would come to my shop cause I used to offer like a little kit, like a, like when I first started, cause obviously that's the way you make money cause no one knows about you. So I used to offer yeah. like a package deal. I'll do an SR20 stop swap back in 2012. I think it was. And uh, the price I charged was pretty close to what another shop charges that I actually trust. Well, I don't know if he still does it anymore, but there was a store near my shop that also did it, but he was on back. So if you went there right now and asked him for it, he'd tell you, well, at the time, he'd tell you like two-year wait time, right? Something like that, right? Oh, wow. So my price was pretty similar to him because I didn't want to undercut him because I, I actually trusted his work. And I was like, if customers said, well, if he's also that price, I would tell them, well, you should go to him then because that's... He's good, right? Uh, I wasn't in, yeah. I wasn't trying to shortcut him. And then it was always like, hey, you know, so and so says he can do for cheaper, bro. Hey, my buddy says he can do it's easy, it bolts right in. And then I had a buddy who's hanging out in my shop one day and I get this phone call. My hands were dirty and I answered it on speaker and he goes, "Hey, how much do you charge for putting and remember this is the days when I was desperate for money. So this is this is when I used to do swaps. And I needed the money. So he called me, like, how much to put a VH45 in my 240? And I'm like, oh, it starts at like $2,500 cash, right? No, it was 2012. So it's obviously, that's more money than, than it is now. Um, and uh, I'm like, uh, that starts at 2500 if you just want to cut the car started and running and driving. Doesn't include parts, doesn't include anything else. It's just labor, right? And then if you want anything additional besides it running, like the gauges working and stuff like that, it's going to be more money. And I don't know how much it's going to be because it's been years since I've done the VH45 swap. And he goes, oh, bro, it just bolts right in. There's a kit. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll put the engine in the car for 200 bucks. Put the engine. I will drop it into the car for 200 bucks. Deal. And he's like, well... Uh, will it run? It's like, no, you're asking me, will I put the engine in the car? Yeah, I'll put the engine in the car for 250 bucks. No problem. But it's like, do you want anything to work? Do you want it to start? Do you want, yeah. do you want it to crank and start? Do you want it to have gas? Do you want it to have like, and then that's the biggest thing. Like even you and me forget, right? Oh, perfect example. I'm doing the link standalone and my, my, um, my Mustang. And you think when you're doing the price, right? You think, okay, the ECU, the harness, and then like a couple sensors, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you have to buy their sensors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to you have to buy additional sensors when you do a standalone. So you can't run the factory auction sensors. You have to run the Lynx auction sensors. And those are like five hundred bucks each. And of course then, they are. Um, 
And then the factory Mustang has a mass airflow sensor, uh, which I don't know what the calibration file is for. So figuring that out would be a nightmare. So it's easier if I just use a map sensor from Link, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not even the, product, the point, right? Did you factor in the wire? You might think to yourself, well, Alex, why would I factor in the wire? That's going to be like a couple. Do you want to know how much I spend in wiring alone? 200 bucks just in wiring. Yeah. And I use the factory harness, by the way. So I didn't even didn't even use that much actual wire because the thing is, do you want to use cheap Harbor Freight wire on your two hundred thousand dollar drift car or proper exactly. race harness? And then, oh, what about the connector? How are you going to connect the wires? Are you going to connect it with those little cheap AutoZone crimps? Are you going to use the heat shrink one that melts? Right, a packet of those is hundred bucks. You know, all these little small stuff. Same with your project car with your buddy, right? I know you said that my actual nitro system in my car has everything but the bottle opener. It has the, the seat, the, the bottle heater. Um, I have a nitrous controller. I have the, so, I mean, yeah, if we're just talking, oh yeah, just nitrous coyote, I would tell you it's eight, 900 bucks without labor, right? Because that's the kit that doesn't include the nitrous controller. That doesn't include the nitrous heater. That doesn't include yeah. the nitrous bracket because the factory one, Oh, by the way, that's another learning that this thing both you and me have to experience is we have to learn. So you learned with the transmission, right? Well, guess what? Yeah. I had to learn at Urendale round one this year. I, well, me, oh, not even me. Forget about me. Me, TJ Hunt, and Sean. People who should know more than me, right? You think Sean, what's, I don't know if it was in that last name, the guy who has the Z, the black Z. Sean Ellingsworth. Sean Ellingsworth. Yeah, even him. All three of those guys had to learn something. When you're on the bank, sitting like this and then also when you have a long it was a 48 second course and you're spraying nitrous and a lot of the course is full throttle the bottles 1100 foot pound 1100 psi and you start and then mid track you're 600 psi so now you're blowing rich you're just blowing fuel so everyone mm-hmm. who's running nitrous at irondale was actually down 200 half their 50 percent horsepower because not only did they lose their nitrous they also bogged down the engine by blowing fuel into it. So mm-hmm. I also learned my bottle was on an angle and all of their bottles were on an angle too. So there was the liquid was sloshing. So as you transition to one part, no nitrous, nitrous back on. And that's, I overheard the conversation, him, Sean and TJ. And I like, I was listening to him and I was like, yeah, I'm dealing with the same issue. As I transition, my nitrous is shutting off and on. And what I realize is your nitrous bottle for a drift car has to be straight up and down or on an angle. Correct. Like yep. RTR. But I mean, learning like. And it actually has to be facing, because you know how it has the yeah. thing inside. It has to be facing towards the back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the label, the face needs to face forward. Yeah, exactly. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's all learning experience. And then also what I experienced during the hot heat wave we had at Hot Pit. Um, would you ever think of your pre- bottle overpressurizing so much the solenoid won't open up? What solenoid? The, the solenoids actually solenoid? inject the nitrous into the car. Oh, so the nitrous solenoid wouldn't, wouldn't open operate? because the back pressure was so high. Because it was so oh, hot shit. for round three, just sitting and letting the car get up to temperature for that first five minutes made oh. the bottle's temperature go to like 1900 psi. Oh, so shit. my purge valve wasn't even opening. And we started diagnosing it in the pits, trying to figure out my purge valve may broke, right? That's what we thought. But then I realized, I looked at the bottle pressure. The bottle pressure was nearly 2,000. So we had to literally put the bottles on ice. I actually, I don't have a heat scent thing in my car anymore. 
So I only put that in for winter now. Because, yeah. It, it, oh, the heater? Yeah, the, the bottle heater. Because we had, uh, for the two rounds I used nitrous, I had to put all my bottles in the ice. Which is something, would you, you ever think looked- to do that? No. Have you ever looked into that, that nano system? The what system? The nano nitrous system. Mm-hmm. Look it up. It's amazing. I'll have to uh, look it up. It's not cheap. It's like $600 per bottle. Uh, but basically the way it works, it, it says it's not a pusher system. I don't fucking know how it actually works because I haven't really, they didn't really explain it or maybe I didn't find a video that did. But essentially, um, it's a system that you add to your nitrous bottle. You actually have to pull the um, the valve out of your nitrous bottle and you put this one in. But basically, it's kind of like another a nitrogen can. I don't know if it's nitrogen. I could be wrong. It's anyway, it's some type of compressed gas in there that essentially gets that pressurizes the system. Uh, this way you actually use every single bit of your nitrous. Cause you know, when you get to the end of your nitrous bottle, there's usually like a pound in there that you couldn't get out. This one uses a hundred percent of it. Mm. Um, I need a, I need to hit. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a, a mechanical pump that, that like pumps it in. It's not a, no, it's not a pump. You'll see it. I have to look it up. Uh, but I mean, either yeah, way, you, you get a whole like other cylinder with it and everything. I, I'm not going to stick with nitrous. There's no way. I, I, I will not really no. I can't. I, I don't. Every time I see some like the um, the uh, the supercharger guys like with their belt slip issues. That's why I want to go turbo. Uh, yeah, I turbo is. I want. I don't understand why people don't go turbo more often on the V8s. Who else is turbo? I don't think anybody. No, no, no. Since die has left. So this is why the argument. Whenever I say I'm going to go turbo, I was getting an argument with everyone. It's oh, because cash. no, no, no. It's because they always think LS turbo. Remember what I said? How many PSI I have to make to make X amount of horsepower? Mm-hmm. How much? Uh, you, you're an LS guy. Big fuck it. Let's do a big block LS. Let's talk four four twenty seven. Whatever four fifteen. Whatever the yeah. big one. The big one from Chevy Performance, right? Let's say you have that. I was gonna. Sh- they don't make big block LSs, but you know what I mean. Like the the race. Let's say you get a race, <laughs> like the seven liter or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's say you have a seven liter block, and okay. your whatever turbos you want. How okay. much boost do you need to put on that engine with unlimited? I give you, I give you a blank check. I'm a billionaire. I want a thousand horsepower reliable, but it's a drift car, so technically you have to build the car to fifteen hundred horsepower for it to be a thousand horsepower. So how many pounds of boost do you have to? I um, have no idea. I'm not a boost. The guy. answer is I have yet to meet anyone who can argue on um, then actually, actually, let me, let me change my, I have yet to see anyone who can show me proof that this is true, that otherwise is true, but it's a minimum of 20 pounds of boost. You're going to have to have I would say that. 20 I would pounds. Say that sounds about right. Cause mm-hmm. everybody seems to be around 20 pounds. Well, 28 pounds. On their LS. No one's below 28 pounds that I know of. I've never met anyone below 28 pounds, but I'm saying we're talking about like a billion dollar build, right? So let's assume you have high compression, 14 to one compressions pistons with a Motec computer system, fucking most expensive heads known to man, most expensive cam, valve train, Mm -hmm. everything, right? You're still going to be running like 20, 28 pounds of boost. Mm -hmm. So the problem with 20, 28 pounds of boost is you do have boost lag because you have to make the turbo make 28 pounds of boost. I only need to be competitive in pro spec eight pounds of boost max. Oh, that's great. So I have to wait for eight pounds, dude. That's it. 
the fucking WRX makes fucking 22 pounds at 4,000 RPM. I also know like a lot of guys who are running uh, nitrous on the low end or even like a 25 shot. Just oh, those are all, those are all the 2J guys. So uh, uh, what's his name? So Osbo's, all, all of Papadakis team uses nitrous to bring their turbo on. Um, mm-hmm. James Dean, the S15, they use nitrous to bring the turbo on. Um, oh, so did, so did Dan. Yeah, almost everyone uses right. nitrous, but you got to remember mm-hmm. they don't. So here's the biggest thing. The reason why I'm a, I'm actually kind of a Coyote guy for life. Uh, the volumetric efficiency of the Coyote is higher than any other engine you can buy. Mm-hmm. So the amount of, what is it? The amount of uh, air, so we can produce more power per volume of air than any other engine. So oh, okay. uh, there's no engine that produces the amount of power we get with a volume of air. So, because uh, it's easier to explain if you look at a VE table on a standalone, our VE table looks like no other engine. It's all positive gotcha. numbers. Um, gotcha. Well, most cars are like maybe 110 max. I think my engine goes up to like 142 volumetric efficiency, so 140%. So it's 42% over what's theoretically supposed to be normal, right? Yeah. So um, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I just know our engine is the most volumetric efficient engine you can buy in the market right now. Um, so my, my whole idea why I think turbo will work just fine for me is because I really won't have lag. I mean, there might be the input lag of like off throttle, off throttle, on, off, 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 off. But the thing is, I've learned how to drift in an SR. So mm-hmm. I actually would be better for my driving style if I had a turbo car anyways, because I'm used to doing with, have you, you know, Kazama is right. One of the OG Japanese drifter. I know of him, yeah. Yeah, if you look up... I his, don't follow Japanese drifting at all. No, though. he's one of the first okay. ones ever. Um, uh-huh. And you watch in-car of his videos, because he used to drift, competitively drift with an SR. You look at him, even when he was uh, like, clutch in, keeping it. and you watch James Dean. Watch James Dean drive in-car at Long Beach. He's used to turbos, so he's clutching, doing that, but it's it's flooding the fucking engine, so they have to tell him, hey, it's, it's nitrous engine is on or off. And if you listen to me with nitrous, it's the same way. You hear me either on or off. And there's a downside to that too. With an all nitrous engine, the downside is you have to kind of be perfect in your input, which is I think what's hurting RTR is because you have to be perfect in your input so you can floor it all the way. Because you don't have a perfect input, you can't really modulate nitrous. You can, but not to the degree of like a supercharger can. And then the reason yeah. why RTR doesn't do supercharge is for what you just said. Why I don't think I will ever do supercharge is because my crank will snap, the belt will break off. There's so many things, and then you have like you're not if you don't want the crank to snap off, you can do it like what Elliot has. Then look at he's going through a belt every event minimum. So yeah, um, the turbo I, I know we'll see. Well, we'll I mean we'll, we really will see because I'm going to do it. There's no there's no ifs ands or buts. Yeah, but, you already made up your mind. But yeah, nitrous scares the shit out of me, to be completely honest. I've heard so many horror stories. Every engine at the drag strip, I used to do dragging really when I was really young, like 16. I used to do drag racing um, and uh, my piece of shit car. And every explosion I've seen in the drag strip has been nitrous. I've never seen a turbo car blow up. I've never seen a uh, I've seen I've seen a burnout blower car blow up, but I've never seen a turbo car on the line launch and then explode i've seen drive shafts come out of a turbo car because it made so much power but yeah, yeah nitrous cars i have seen them launch engine explodes 
because nitrous backfire. Have you heard of a turbo backfire that blew up an engine? Turbo backfire is just nice flames. So it looks cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, nitrous yeah, backfire. Um, I mean, dude, that took a uh, fucking Osbo out of the competition the first year they had that car. They had three nitrous backfires that blew out their intake. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Because they used nitrous to so bring in the turbo. Up, they ended up making like a whole billet intake. And ju- just so we're clear, too, this is another thing to keep in mind. The only reason that Papadakis runs a turbocharged car is because they're required to run the factory engine because Toyota pays the bills. That's right. why the car. I'm surprised they don't put like the NASCAR V8s in there. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, they don't want them to. They want them, the contract says, they want them to run the factory engine. So they want them to run. That makes sense. That's why the Corolla still has a four-cylinder. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Osbo even still has, like, the stock uh, steering column. No, no, it doesn't. Well, when they originally built it, it was set up like that. Is it changed now? Probably. Yeah, but no, no, no. So the only reason why they ran a B58 is because Toyota said, hey, we're paying you, like, millions of dollars. We need you to show the public that the B58 actually is a powerful engine. And that yeah. engine inside Papadakis car is so fucking far from what a factory B58 is. Dude, for you to yeah, call that a B58, you're a lying piece of shit. Even the 2AR is pretty wild. Oh, that one's yeah. insane. Dude, I learned so much. Watch yeah. some in cars. As a tuner, I used to be a dyno tuner too. It's like as a dyno tuner watching what they did to Ryan Turk's car – you watch old in-car. I don't think they show it now, but they did back in 2013. It was in-car when Oswald was driving the Scion. Because you know it's the same car, just with the re new shell. I mean a new front end. It's it's the Scion. It's the same car. Is it? Oh. Yeah. It's just the Scion okay. with like a Corolla front end. Um, at least that's what I think it is. I could be wrong. Um, uh, so here's something that's crazy what you've never thought about, right? So you have a you have a two liter four uh, four cylinder, right? You're going to have turbo lag because they have a massive turbo, right? And nitrous really won't pull you in the turbo that quickly. And you think about it in drifting, you're going to lift, right? Mm-hmm. So you know what they did? Go watch in car footage. The during so they had a button that they would hit when they pulled the line. The idle would jump to four thousand RPM. Oh, wow. So Idle was 4,000. I was always wondering why it would shoot up so high. And then they had the fucking air injection system. So off throw the blow-off valve would throw fresh air into the um, exhaust to the turbo to spool the turbo up. And then they would fire on the off strokes. So they'd be doing backfires on off throttle. So as Osbo was driving, he'd be behind. Let's say we're at, we're at the wall, right? Because this is when the in-car footage. So he'd hit the button. The car would start revving, our, idling at 4,000 RPM. The, this particular battle, he's behind behind um, Chris Forsberg. Goes behind him, what, what, what? Start drifting. You know, Forsberg chokes up. You hear it off, and then it keeps the boost. You can see the boost still like 20 pounds. He's off throttle, mm-hmm. pulling the e-brake, back on throttle. He's still making 20 pounds. So the whole time he's modulating the throttle, he, the whole time he's making 20 pounds. And then the set spec of the runs over, you see him hit the button, and the idle drops to normal. So it just oh, wow. the the Papadakis racing in RTR that just fucking like like you know like I said to someone else like Adam not winning his very first event with RTR made me happy because it meant it, it's not just money it's mostly the driver the driver yeah. is the majority regardless of how good money you have and how good of a car you have it's majority the money um, yeah because and a perfect example is Simon Olsen. Simon Olsen, look at him in his other car. He was a bottom 32 at best. 
And then all of a sudden, but the thing is, you look at his performance over in Europe, he's a different driver in Europe. He's like, fucking, this guy's really good. But over here, he sucks. What the hell's going yeah. on? And he signs Not with Cody, and then he's yeah. in contention for the entire championship. So yeah, that's why. It makes you think. And oh, per, you want a perfect example? Trent and Beecham. Would you have, did you see Utah? You watch Utah, the pro in Utah? Mm-hmm. Would you have ever thought, like from what you've seen of Trent in pro? Not in prospect, but what you've seen Trent and Beecham do in pro, would you expect the results he got at Utah? Because he was driving like, car, yeah. but he looked like it was someone else driving the car. So it, uh, I watched Trent, Trenton get his license. No, 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 for no, no, no. So like, I know what he's capable That's of. That's what driving. I'm saying. But if you watch that Mustang, he changed the way he drove oh, no, no, no. right now. I know. I know. He's yeah. a good driver. What I'm saying though, is if you didn't know him, cause I've met him many years before. Yeah. If you just watched his performance in pro and I even Based heard, I haven't Mustang. talked to him yet, but I've heard from people who were talking to him. The main thing that changed this round of Utah is they fixed the setup. The whole setup, the car is now easy to drive for him. He's not fighting the car anymore. So how many drivers uh, in pro and pro spec are fighting the car? That's my question to you. Oh, probably more than half the field. I would say 80%. I'd say 80% of the field. You think so? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be 80. Well, some of them are fighting it better than others, clearly. Because um, some guys don't have any problem. But I would say... I. I don't know if he was fighting the car earlier this year. I thought he was just learning it because he just finished his car. We're talking about Trenton, right? Yeah. Um, but the reason I said, like, I don't – like, it doesn't surprise me he's doing well now. I mean, we're seven rounds in. Um, he hasn't really driven the car outside of FD, from my understanding, too much. And it's a brand-new build. But they also just found, like, a couple hundred horsepower. Doing, I don't know what, what the setup was or what the fuck happened, but – they're able to get more power out of it, but he's driving the E46 the way he used to drive his 240, mm. like when he won his license. I think he won like three of the events at Just Drift that year. Mm. I know he podiumed for sure three events, um, but I do remember him winning his license. And but I remember he was pretty, he was really good. And then he got in the Mustang, and then look how long it took him to win his. Um, his pro license and he won the championship for pro spec what 2019 2020 no he got it the very next year didn't he i thought he was in it the very next year nope nope but no i mean it's 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 uh that's what i see from what i see it's a lot of the car and like like it's it's that mentality where you got to think to yourself like like i will tell you uh, like i'm very analytical about things right i had an idea of what i wanted to do and i did not expect what happened to happen my mm-hmm. whole like little secret plan was to build the Mustang, get buddy buddy with Justin Pollock, and then pay to be on his team once I have my license. I didn't mm-hmm. expect him to be like, "Yup, pull me, I'll hook you up." I didn't expect that. I expected to be able to have the opportunity to be like, "Can I pay you money? You assist me throughout the year, so that at least I have all his settings in my car." And that was the whole point of me building a carbon copy of his car, is that I did mm-hmm. not expect him to retire. That was not a part of the plans because that goes back to what I was saying, like with Simon Olson and stuff like it, like that would mean I could go into prospect in my very first year instantly dominate. Cause I already have all the inputs. I already know, like he already knows how every track drives and he can be like, Oh, you need to do this. And then he can watch me as a crew chief and be like, Oh, you're doing this wrong. 
Because he knows he drives the fucking same car, so he can be like, "Oh, you're doing this wrong." Because what yeah. I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get my license in this car, and then I wanted to uh, pay to drive his demo car in Prospect. Gotcha. That was my original plan, and then he retired. That kind of fucked up all my plans. <laughs> so thanks for doing my plans, Justin. Yeah, I told him that. I mean, <laughs> I was like, because I mean, I didn't expect him to do it for a homie or anything like that. I just it was more of yeah. like, uh, I mean, I hope you take my money. Um, yeah. But, he was a judge at the Drift League too. He hmm? was actually pretty, uh, pretty funny. No, he's a really funny guy to be around. He's he's one of the few guys. Uh, it, it happens every time. Like whenever I see him in person, we end up talking for like five six hours. Like mm-hmm. literally, there's not a single time I've seen him in person that we haven't ended up talking for hours on end. Oh yeah, yeah. So what? Let's circle back to Hot Pit though. What what has been your highest finish at Hot Pit? 16 okay yeah last year in 16 um but i've been in, in saying that i i think uh well i can my list of excuses but i mean it's the truth um at round one the car was fine mechanically my team i made a wheel speed change well i told them to make a change and uh i had just put the the quick winner's quick change literally the week before showing up to hop at round one so i didn't know what different wheel speeds were like in my car so let's get that out of the way so my dog box and quick change had just gone in the car a week prior gotcha um and i told my team okay you know what on the bank i'm kind of mid rpm i'd like to be redlining on the bank because the rest of the course is really tiny so the rest of the course i could be mid-range so I told them to make, I forgot what the gear change was, but the gear change was going to make it. So it was, it was always a taller gear, right? So I think I was a, I think I was on a 466 and I wanted them to go to a 510. I think that was the change I wanted them to make. Uh, they made, they swapped me to a, a 311. And I didn't know this, but remember I told you we were having nitrous problems during it. So we were already mm-hmm. having power problems. So we had turned off nitrous by this point. So my brain was already thinking I'm already down on power. So I go to initiate in the bank the first time after we make the change, expecting it to be easier to drift, mm. like bogging now. So we try to make changes, try to loosen the car up, to raise the tire pressure up. And then you know what's interesting? I did one lap with that gear change, and it's actually the one that uh, Slobby Squat posted where I'm drifting on the wires. I don't know if you ever saw that video. There's a video of me drifting on the wires, and there's sparks coming on my tires. It was the one lap I had during practice on Friday or Saturday. Was it Saturday? Or Friday? It was Saturday. That was a perfect lap. It was a per- I hit all the zones, everything. And the thing that I had in common in that lap is I had no tread left on the tire. Nice. Because you know why? We ended up finding out after I already got knocked out in the knockout battle, we found out I was trying to drift the bank at 140 miles an hour with 500 horsepower. So how um, how did that mistake happen? Because I, do, if I'm not mistaken, the winner's quick change. If you swap the gears from top to bottom. Doesn't it change then? Yeah. Somehow? So he, he, put they... it, he put it in the opposite direction and he grabbed the wrong gears. So not only did he grab the wrong gears, he also put them in the wrong setup. <coughs> okay. But it is, okay, you can blame me because remember, I just put the winners. So every other team that has a winners in their, in their program has a picture set. So they're, the pit doesn't know to make the, that mistake. But it only just got put in the week prior. And the person gotcha. who made the mistake does not have a quick change in his own car. So he wouldn't know either. Got it. So, um, but Eddie, I, we, we not, did not know the mistake until I was already out of the event. Was it Eddie? We can talk shit about him. We're friends. Oh, no, 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 no. Eddie, actually, believe it or not, Eddie 
is uh, probably should be paid to do his job. Let's put it that way. Is if 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 I get money, he's the first person on my payroll. Oh, nice. He's really fucking good. Like he, if I could, I will not ever talk shit about Eddie because he joined my program on a fucking whim, and he has treated it like a job. Like that, nice. that guy is so good. And like I, I'm a depressed. People aren't trying to steal him from me. Like there should be people trying to actively steal him away. I think he's not. Not to take anything away from him, but I think he's good because he's also a driver. He's also a Mustang And guy. he's a very good so driver, it too. Just, it probably just works for you. He, actually, my father-in-law has a um, uh, an older Cobra with that stupid-ass motor he has in his car. Um, so every time I have to work on that fucking thing, I always call him. Oh, yeah. No, he knows. He loves those motors. <laughs> he, and he knows that thing like the back of his hand. He hands, loves too. mod motors so much. Um, yeah. He even says, you should put a mod motor in the car. I'm like, no. Um no, so I made that mistake, and then accident happened right before round two, the Texas Motor Speedway event. Mm-hmm. So I was out that round because my car couldn't get fixed in enough time. And then round three was when the infamous shutting down problem started. So I've been okay, in round that, three yeah. and round four have both been me shutting down. So round three, the car was sometimes acting weird, like maybe once or twice during practice, it did a weird thing for the, for the most part, it did fine. And then on my last chance battle with Kyle, my car just straight up shut off and you can even hear it. My car is like drifting and then it goes, Roll. and you just hear nothing. Oh, shit. Um, so I had stopped drifting. So of course I zeroed. And then round three, um, we did ditch nitrous all together because we noticed every time I was nit- nitrous was making it, do the bogging problem every time. So we ditched nitrous altogether. I replaced everything on the car, replaced the crankshaft sensor, replaced everything. And then it did it once on Friday. And then, so that's when we came in on Saturday morning and replaced everything, replaced the throttle body, replaced the coil packs, replaced the spark plugs, replaced the mass airflow sensor. And then I reprogrammed the computer with a new tune, did all of that on Saturday morning, did all of Saturday practice, zero issues, zero, not even one, zero issues. All my runs on, on Saturday beyond practice were fine and were definitely enough to at least get us to like top 16 or top eight, right? Mm-hmm. I go behind Casey because uh, I qualified slightly lower than him. I didn't even qualify that bad that round either. I go behind him. I enter on the bank. I'm on his door and then I'm left foot braking to not hit him because my car has a lot of side acceleration. If I floor it, I go sideways. I don't go forward like an E46. So I'm left foot braking to try to keep on his door. And then out of nowhere, my car just starts going. Like someone's lifting a throttle. And here's the thing. When that happens, you would think to yourself, Alex, you're not, you're not making enough power. Clutch kicking doesn't do anything. Clutch kicking just goes. And so, yeah, what's happening is left foot braking, full throttle. And then all of a sudden the car comes out of drift and I, I grip up and hit him. And then going back to like the mentality of car accidents, I hit his rear wheel and then I tried to keep salvage the run, but I would, I'd already zero at that point. So then we trade places and I was like, I might as well at least get a run out of here. So I did my run. I kept sideways the whole run, but I almost guarantee you what went through Casey's mind is I imagine my imagination is that he thought I was trying to like bully him or try to be a dick about it. Like, Hey, I'm a whack you. Fuck you in your car. I think that's what mm-hmm. you thought happened. Like I was like, Oh yeah, big dick you. I'm gonna hit you because you know I'm a bigger guy than you. Blah blah blah. So he took it the opportunity because halfway through the course of last round, uh, I was 
almost completely shutting off. And you can hear me clutch kick like four times to keep it sideways. And even Andy, when he was announcing, he goes, yeah, something's wrong with Alex Carr. It looks like he has 100 horsepower right now. And then Aunt, uh, uh, Casey hits my car like four times. Because he's, he's like, I'm returning the favor, fucker. That's why you, if you lock up my end of my run, I just pull off the track. Because, dude, and here's the difference, right? I went over immediately to say I'm sorry and what happened and everything else. And I think he thought I knew there was a problem. But remember what I just told you? There was no problem through practice. And then yeah. he fucked my car up, by the way. He fucked my car up bad. He, Did he? Fucked, he broke my wheel. He broke my hub bearing. He broke my control arm. He broke my front wheel. He broke my front fender. And, dude, do you think I hate that guy? No. Not at all. Yeah. Because we're both on the drift track, and I knew exactly what he thought. When he hit me the first time, I knew exactly what it was. It was, in his mind, he's like, I'm going to get you back, bitch. And I didn't, wasn't angry at all. I was just like, I get it. Because he, he didn't know it was, my, it was my car shutting down. He thought it was me like, fuck you, dude. So I, yeah. I never had bad blood with him. I was just like, I told him it was, it was exactly the right thing he should have did. But fuck, I didn't think he would hit me four times. <laughs> it's funny (laughs) but uh did did you get into top 16 this year at all or no no every round i've had a problem i haven't i name a round i haven't had a problem hasn't been your 2023 has not been your year in that mustang no i mean the good thing you can ask eddie on this is my i i when my car is working right now i finally got the car set up correct the way the car is set up right now uh my car is probably one of the best setup cars right now for a hot pit and the 300 fedora tires I believe gotcha. if I put 800, I can get all 850 horsepower to the ground. The way my car is set up right now, once I put the turbos in it, I'm fairly confident, and you can quote me on this. I mean, it's on a recording. I'm fairly confident if I have no mechanical issues next year and I have the turbo system in my car and nothing goes wrong mechanically that's out of my control, it's going to be very hard to beat me. Because if you look at the runs, you see the runs where my car doesn't fuck up. My line's almost perfect. My, my lead runs are almost immaculate. Like, it's mm-hmm. very hard for you to pick out something wrong with my lead run. And my chase run, it's usually something going wrong with me. But I, I do have to work better at the chase run. I, I, my chases aren't the best. Um, are you going to go driving this off season? As soon as the car is fixed, people? yeah, I'm going to drive constantly. Because, I mean, gotcha. yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to try to – that's why I want to do the Arizona. And plus, from what I hear, the Arizona event's going to have as many events as Hot Pit. So I'm gonna try to do both. What's happening in Arizona? Um, I forgot what it's called, but there's gonna be a separate series in Arizona running that um, uh, Dustin's gonna do as well, and I think uh, uh, Josh uh, Josh Stewart's gonna do, and and I think Alex Anderson. Um, then it's called. I forgot. It's the one I'm going to. It's at the end of the month. It's the one they. Oh, you're not on the Discord. Um, yeah, I forgot what it's called, but I'm going to it for sure as long as I get the card. On the Hot Pit Discord. Yeah. I'm in there. Yeah, so they post. Uh, David Carey posted it, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, he posted in other events, not Hop It. Um, that so yeah, I'm gonna try to run those. And the whole idea behind this is because I actually think Hop Pit will be a career if 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 they can turn a profit. Because I think a lot of guys are getting confused; they're not turning a profit. So if anything, if you could make something public and snippet this, is Hop Pit is not making bank, not at all. And if we don't all support those those three guys. We are going to yeah. lose Hot Pit, and Hot Pit will only help us, and especially since how Jeff is. As long as Jeff and RJ and Rob are in charge, it, I think they're always going to be on the driver's side. 
because they they they. I mean, speaking for Jeff, Jeff's gotten the short end of the stick so many times in FD. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It, the way I see it is, we need a lot more drivers helping out, helping them out, and pushing to push out it, and not just treating it like some other series. Because the way they they've done everything, the one thing I think Drift League fucked up with is they did not have a live stream, and that's the one thing I push them to do. And they've got it, and they got a good live stream, dude. For the budget, I haven't seen it. To watch yeah. it, it's dude. We're talking. This is a like. This is not a paid crew of like ten thousand dollars. Like FD charges a hundred thousand dollars per round. The company that does it for FD, it's like wow. close to a hundred grand. Dude, they have a truck, a satellite truck that goes that goes to every event. That truck costs like half a million dollars. So I mean, like what Hot Pit has as a live stream is fucking crazy for three dudes in their basement. That's essentially what Hop It is. Three dudes in there because yeah. Jeff was never rich. Did, did you think yeah. Jeff Jones is a billionaire? Is RJ a billionaire? Uh, Rob's a billionaire? None of those guys are billionaires. I could yeah. I could guess people being like all bitchy and angry if they were billionaires. Like like who's rich among that group? Oh, yeah, if TJ Hunt started a series. If TJ Hunt started a series, I could see you being like, man, fuck that guy. He can do all the advertising himself. He's TJ Hunt. Fuck you. That's what annoys me too. That, yeah, I don't. I also don't know his financial situation. Oh, he has money though. I don't, I don't know if he's loaded or no. He's but he, like, well, I'm just making an example, deals. like because I know yeah. I know some people talk and say like, oh yeah, you know, I showed up, I did what they asked me to do, but I, I don't know. My opinion is you got to do a little bit more because I, I really want this hot pit to grow big. Because I, you know what I would like, I would like a local series that is on the same level as FD, but not different. Right. And also it's cheaper. There's no way it can't be cheaper. It's 300 shredware tires. You're not going through a yeah. set of tires. One battle. The only thing I don't love is that it's at that small track. That's not their fault. That is not. No, their no, fault. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. Like for all the rounds. Don't say that. Let's not say that. No, no, no. What I'm saying though, is they don't, don't want to have all to five this. rounds at orange. They want to have. Yeah, yeah. Like the one a, round. A somewhat different... traveling. Yeah, like Serious. like that. Like from if if I hope they go through with it, it sounds like it's going to be a multi-state event next next year. Oh, that'd be cool. I hope, dude. I hope. I hope. I mean, ideally, I would like to stay in Irondale. That'd be awesome too. Irondale's a fun track, but they don't uh, like they don't like it. they don't like drifters. Uh, I think they just kind of were expecting more with the drift league. Um, I I really don't know, and I think maybe that might have put a bad taste in their mouth like working with a quote-unquote feeder slash amateur series but i, I don't put a uh, hot pit in the amateur it's series not it's not as soon as you not. do that it's it's like it's like you're just yeah. fucking over everyone yeah no yeah well they're not they have in my opinion they are the true definition of a pro-am series because pro-am just means pros and amateurs are allowed at this event. Mm. There are amateur drivers in Hot Pit. Let's just be honest. Some, yeah, you, self, you it, self-admittedly or would be an amateur. Well, driver what, well actually, here's a question. So I had this debate with someone. What would you consider be a pro driver? Wouldn't a pro driver be someone who's paid to do it? Because technically, I'm paid to do it. What would be a pro driver? Well, let's look at people who aren't paid to do it. Um, who are still really good? Would you consider Mason a pro driver because he's not getting paid? No, I wouldn't. And he's it's like, well, how could he be a pro driver though? 
but he's beating everybody. That doesn't mean you know anything, I mean? though. Like that, because the thing is, but I, that, that's I think that's if I won, if I entered drift league and I dominated in drift league, that and I won every single event, that just still doesn't make me a pro driver. Because a, a pro driver literally means a professional driver. It means that your career is driving. I would agree with that. Someone who does this for a living, I, I can I can definitely agree with that. So I wouldn't say I'm necessarily pro, but I do make a profit driving. Oh yeah. I don't I don't think depending on how you're set up and sponsors, everybody's program is different too. Most people are self funded, you know, you see a lot of, a little bit of stickers and people think you're getting money from them, but sometimes it's just fucking no one is. No one, a lot of guys in fucking pro aren't getting money. That's fucking scary. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. But um, it also depends on how you want to go about it. And some people do want to make this a career and make money off of it. That's to help grow the sport. I understand that. That'll that'll come with time. Um, but like personally, I don't want to have this be my career. Like I'm gonna, I'm actually in the middle of starting a business right now, so I'll let that this be like what I want to do. If I can keep it on a decent budget, if I can get it paid for great, but to get paid for it, I think that's a completely different ballgame. So the solution is like, uh, I forgot who I was talking to about it. Maybe it was Jeff. Um, that's where you meet that happy medium. See, I wouldn't be happy doing that because I actually do enjoy competitive. I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the line, I used to not hate like competitive and I used to get stressed out. But now I actually really. legitimately like competitive. Like, you know what? It got mm. fun for me when we started talking shit about each other. Like, but not really meaning it. Like, when we started the whole pro wrestling yeah, just thing. just the banter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Fuck yeah, dude. When, when I talk shit to Ben and Ben goes, you think you're going to beat me, but not in a vindictive way. Like, in a, like, ha, 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 funny laughing kind of way. Dude, immediately as soon as that happened, I love competitive. So, but no, you, like, what you said is, that is possible. If all you want to do is get paid to drift. Not necessarily compete, but or win, but you just want to get paid to drift. These ride along events, dude, like there is so much yeah. money, especially not if you necessarily have a cool get paid, car. but have it paid for. Like you're not coming out of pocket. That's an ideal situation. Yeah, the first time I legitimately like I've broken even a few times with events I've done, but Erndale Fuel Fest this year was a net, a huge net positive. Really, huge net positive. I mean, we're okay. talking overall. I'm not talking just like when I say I'm, I'm a business owner, I know what, cause a lot of guys like to say I made money, but then it'll factor in gas, food, travel, no, 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 wear no. on the car. Exactly. Their expenses. Yeah. So they're I, just like, like I made three grand, but yeah, you spent four grand to get there. Yeah. So I, yeah, spent, I, I, I know what you're talking about. No, yeah. I exactly spent with tires and gas and every, we're talking diesel transportation and even a percentage for how much damage it did to the car, which is very low because we didn't do many laps. I think we did 40 in total. Um, you know, 25 of those, 25 of those ended up being ride alongs and, um, 1450, I think was my total cost with everything, including like my pit, every, my pit crew, everything. And I think I got, it was close to three grand, I think. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. So I made money. And, and then, Note to self: Have car ready by fuel fest. Yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, people were desperate to get in my car, and it's because remember, fuel fest doesn't bring Formula D fans. It brings people who don't even know what the fuck drifting is. So do you yeah, want to know what it's like? Opportunity to go into this vehicle. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? I, I can actually say this. 
there were more people asking to get in my car than Matt Field's car. And you know why? It's because none of them are Drift fans. They don't know who the fuck Matt Field is. They don't, they don't know Rudy. They don't know Rudy Hansen. They don't even know who I am. The only thing yeah. that stood out about me was it was loud and I was doing stupid things. That's it. I wasn't doing, I wasn't the better driver either. I was the only one who was doing the crazy angle entries and doing like riding the wall and stuff like that. While everyone else was just doing a drift lap. Gotcha. So, so because remember, these are not drift fans. These are just people that showed up. These are actually movie fans. These are, these are fast and furious fans. And that's, yeah, that, okay, that would make sense. Yeah, so that's that, like I want the guy who's on the edge. Yeah, just the guy who looks cool. That's why I, was te- I made a joke about because everyone was kind of complaining last year about Erendale Fuel Fest because all the Fuel Fest and everyone else was making posts about me, and they didn't know who I was at that time. And I was like making a joke saying, "Hey, I'm not the best driver there, but I have the loudest car." <laughs> yeah, and then that's what kids who are 12 years old remember. They remember the loud car that hurt their ears. They don't. Margaritas was there last year. Margaritas was probably one of the best drivers out there. So, but, but Margaritas' car wasn't as loud as mine, and it also was white. And it's hard in your brain to think about white. So yeah, I know my car is going to be white. So that should be. It's hard, but yeah, no. I mean, so yeah, if you ever want to do that, like just going off of what you were telling me, I think is the the goal would be to make a loud, obnoxious car that a twelve year old would love you can make a car that a 12 year old a random 12 year old if you could pull your car up to a random middle school and they all run out then you can get paid to be a drifter not a compassion competitive drifter but you can be paid to drift dude i pull up to my kid's school with the car on the trailer and all of some of his friends are like oh that's your dad's car and he's like yeah can we not talk about it because oh, my kid grew up around it yeah so he's like yeah this is the life we fucking live i guess um dude you have no idea i i uh my girlfriend has two kids they're like mm-hmm. 13 and 14 and 13 and 15 and i've been around i've been with her for like a decade so i've literally been around them since they're like five and six so they've seen like i've had a performance shop for 10 years right so as long as i had the shop i've known her right so yeah. they've been in like 700 horsepower cars all the time. Like there's a video on my YouTube channel where I took the youngest back like two years ago around the block in it. And I hadn't told him there was a turbo in it yet. So I just told him like drive with the car because my turbo kit, you can't see from the outside. So let me drive around the block and you tell me what happened. I'm a, I got a surprise for you. And then I drive and I floor it and I do it. And then he turns over and says, what is that it? <laughs> that's literally and then dude here's the crazy part we were on we were driving to visit one of her family friends in lancaster and the kids were in the back on their ipads and my my black mustang and i put it up to full boost and we did a full pull in fourth gear so we went from 40 like miles this. an hour to <laughs> yeah. 170 miles an hour in like four or five seconds they didn't even look up from their ipad they literally so and then they tell their friends like i asked them well before one of them graduated from middle school said you want me to pick you up on the last day of school in the orange mustang and he's like no one cares about cars on my school he's like please no he's like they didn't care (laughs) they're just like no none of my friends care about that stuff like if i was like ninja then he'd be like yeah can you pick my you're a famous fortnite player yeah all my friends will freak out 
yeah, that, that yeah. makes me depressed. But I don't think drifting is going to really carry over much longer because there's not many kids who like cars. Uh, not yet. My kid's like starting to barely get into it. Um, like he wants to learn how to drive now. He's 12. And I'm like, I think it's about the time to put him in a seat and see what, it, let him have some fun. Cause I want to build, uh, two cars. I'm going to obviously have my comp car and then I'm going to probably just going to throw a little practice car together with like Godspeed coilovers on it. <laughs> No, but here's Whatever. the thing, dude. You know, Whatever's cheap, yeah. you know what makes me depressed, though? I mean, they're not my kids, so it's not my problem. But it, it, I've literally told them, let's go to ABS, go with me one weekend on ABS, and you can drive my car the whole day. Well, yeah. I'll teach you how to drift the car. Because they already know how to drive. I've, li- I've taught them both how to drive manual nice. when they oh. were like three years ago. So they both know how to oh. drive a manual car. Yeah. They don't have licenses. And I literally said, hey, let's go to ABS. You can drive the Mustang. I'll modify the seat so both of you can drive it. Um, and they're just like, no. They just want to stay home and play Fortnite. They're just not interested. And I'm just like, and I'm not going to force them. And I'm just like, dude, if I was a 12-year-old and you said, can I drive? I don't even care. Not even have to have a Mustang. It could have been a bucket Damn. piece of shit 240 with a KA a in it. Fiero. Yeah, it yeah. could have been anything, dude. It could have been a fucking A86 with nothing done to it. And if you, someone would have told me, like my, my mom's boyfriend would have said, hey, you want to drive my bucket on the racetrack? I would have instantly said, hell yeah, when can we do it? And then every moment I saw him, I'd be asking him, when are we going? When are we going? When are we going? And then I, yeah, I don't blame. And even I took him drifting before, like around here, because they won't come, come to the track with me. And literally the reaction is just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Versus like some of my, my customers I've took in the car and done like the big entry on fucking AVS. Like the funniest story was I took one of my customers, customer came by with a Focus RS and I did a bunch of repairs to his car. He's a younger guy. And I go, oh, by the way, I'm going to Flavor. It was a Flavor Express event. I go to him, oh, yeah, we're having this event. It starts at like 10 and goes to like 2 a.m. at night. Um, it's a fucking far drive but it's going to cost you 40 bucks and no one's really going to charge you for ride alongs. So you don't have to pay like 250 bucks, like fuel fest. So you should just show up. And if you come, you come, you don't, you don't. And he said, Oh yeah, I might come. We got nothing to do in the morning, but we got like a party to go to at night. So me and my four of my friends will come out. So he did, he showed up around 12 and he goes, Hey dude, can I go for a ride? I took him for a ride and the whole, I have footage of it. I have to upload of it. He's just screaming the whole time. Like a, like a little girl, like, and he, he keeps saying this one sentence, this is unreal. Cause remember this is a guy who's never been in a drift car his entire life. Uh, he barely knows what drifting is. He, he, he barely knows what racing is. And he, I, you know, I do a fucking, you know, and I'm going as fast as fucking possible with it. And the whole time he's saying, this is unreal. This is crazier than a, a roller coaster. Cause I did a backy on ABS on his very first lap. So we're going backwards into the fucking corner. And then I pull out of it and we go, cause he completely convinced we're going to crash. So I do two laps with him, pull him out, get his friend, pull him out, get him in. And then he go, and then I go, cause I had like a line at that point at flavor. I had like 20, 30 people waiting. And then he says, Oh yeah, go just ask everyone. Everyone's going to say yes. Cause it's flavor. event. No one really says no. So I expect him to be gone. And then like, I think midnight rolls around. And I'm out of tires. And he rolls up to me and starts hugging me. And I'm like, dude, you're still here. It's like, yeah, we canceled all our plans. We've been here all day, dude. This has been the funnest day of my entire life up until this point. And it's just like, but it's just so crazy. Like for some people it's like life changing. And then like her kids are like, (laughs) it was like, whatever, man, I don't, we don't give a shit. We want to play for this car. Yeah. That's how my kid is. 
And then he gets mad when I'm like, get in here and help me bleed these fucking brakes, asshole. <laughs> Hold the flashlight! Hold the flashlight! <laughs> no, he hasn't got the flashlight treatment yet. Uh, so far, he's just gotten the uh, pump the fucking brakes, please. Which he does good, so he doesn't. I can't complain. But, alright, man, I think I'm gonna call it there. I gotta be up at 5am, so. Oh, man. Don't looking up. I'm not looking up to that. All right, buddy. Thank you for the. Uh... I took a nap. I took a nap before I got on, before I got on here with you. So. I did. I did warn you. I'm a talker. I did warn that. No, no, that's great. That's great. <laughs> we didn't. We barely talked about a uh, hot pit, but we're we're all right. Ah, well, we can we can always do it again another time. But thank you for coming on. Uh, how can people find you if they want to? Um, At Alex Drifts. We've seen Orange Mustang. You got the right Alex Drifts. I'm not. I don't drive gotcha. an FRS, so you can't really get us confused. So there's, a, there's only one wait, wait, Mustang. Who, who's the other one? Uh, the guy, Alex Licklider in Prospect. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. So yeah, if you type in Alex Drift in anywhere, doesn't matter where the hell you type in Alex Drift and you see an orange Mustang or this fat face, you got the right Alex Drifts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs>